Hello from the past, present and future. I'm Scott Hamza and thank you so much for tuning into the fifth episode of the second series of Time Travel Film Club. A weird, wild and predictably juvenile playlist of time travel films you might not have seen spanning an almanac's worth of time, space and definitely quality. Joining me as always in the TTFC, to my right, it's our resident science expert and huge Dead Space fan, James Donnelly. I am a huge Dead Space fan. You what a weird comment a to bring into this. Fan. I know. Where would you insert time travel into the Dead Space franchise if you could? Oh, do you know what? There's a really... So the whole big back plot of uh, Dead Space is the marker. I would make the time travel aspect be that we always made the marker. The original marker was a human-built thing that ended up going back in time and causing all the problems that made us make the marker that ended up going back in time that caused all <laughs> and so on. Oh, interesting. Uh, sending a marker back and not a person is uh, uh, definitely an interesting oh, wrinkle. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you don't introduce me as someone who doesn't like Dead Space... <laughs> uh, do you not like Dead Space at all? Fuck Dead Space. He, he hates horror. I hate remember? horror games. Of course, yeah. We tried I'm... to play... Um, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, fucking Outlast. Outlast Fuck with that game. And he was like in <laughs> tears. Fuck that game. Talking of things hated by <laughs> the man to my left, it's our film fact finder extraordinaire and a man who just loathes onions. It's Adam Hedges. Fuck onions too. Fuck <laughs> onions and fuck horror games. But, but is this it... is going to be an expletive episode. You're going to have to, I don't know. Is it the flavour you hate, Adam? No, it's the texture. How can it be slimy and crunchy? <laughs> Would you <laughs> how quickly he went <laughs> from zero to a hundred on that? No, I don't. The flavour's lovely. Everyone loves the flavour of onion. But if you put a slug in my mouth that's also crystalline... <laughs> Fuck it. Would your insertion of time travel into the life cycle of onions be that they are always cooked and that they are never raw? Would that be your thing? You want to live in a time travel world? Uh, I would throw them into the time travel device as long as they were diced very small upon impact and then thoroughly cooked so that they almost vanish but the flavour's still there. I'm into it. You said if a slug was also crunchy. So a snail? No, no, no. A slug was also crystalline. Crystalline. That's what bothers me about it. So a snail? Yeah, I'd fucking... Oh, God. Actually, that's made me feel unwell. Can we move on? let's, Let's move on. Let's move on because... We're, we're up with our fifth episode, as I said. We're, we're coming hot off of James's controversial trip to South Korea last time round, which is not unlike most of James's controversial trips to foreign countries. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to... Yeah, okay. And, oh. the, and the task of, of sort of bringing us back to basics with a basket full of our, our bread and butter. Back basics, basket full bread. I just realised there's like five Bs in sure, a row. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that task falls upon me this time round. And so I decided to serve up Project Almanac. Project Almanac came out in 2015 and is directed by Dean Israelite, written by Jason Pagan and Andrew Deutschman, and stars Johnny Weston as David, Sophia Blackdelia as Jesse, Sam Lerner as Quinn, Alan Evangelista as Adam, and Virginia Gardner as Christina. You've not just not pro- me, just to confirm. I'm, He's I'm, not playing me. <laughs> I've just realised, though, the names in this are amazing. Yeah, incredible, aren't Israelite, they? great name to start with. Pagan, Pagan. excellent name. Deutschman, another yeah. great name. Yeah. Lerner. Gardener, evangelista. evangelista, yeah. Come on now, and yeah, some some very uh, moderate character names: David, Jesse, uh, uh, Adam, Christina. Quinn is a little bit sort of you know nineteen fifties debonair man, but apart from that, some 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 pretty normal names. And yeah, yeah, as you said, some really interesting names from the producers and the actors and the writers. This is uh, uh, my 
selection. And I, it's in my opinion, this is like a time travel film club original Project Almanac. And part of that is because we covered it before when when this wasn't a podcast when we were just doing it in doing it amongst ourselves. This was a film that we we watched what like three years ago now and had like somewhat of a good time. But it's something that I've always I've always had Project Almanac sort of sat on the shelf as like not pull in case of emergency, but pull when I want to have like a comfortable time. Because because you were talking about pulling and pulling for a comfortable time in my yeah, head yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. in my head when you said we did it for ourselves I was like oh yeah this was back when it was masturbatory styles of time travel film club whereas now yeah, this, this is, is like comfort pull this is porno level yeah. now yeah. I, it didn't uh, it didn't make it into season one and mm. that wasn't because it's bad it's just because we had a lot of films for season one and a lot of stuff that we were like wildly energised about but Project Almanac as I said time travel film club original in my opinion and separate to that I I would never call myself someone who absolutely loves found footage films, but when I go back through the found footage films I have seen, Cloverfield, Wreck, the VHS films, Chronicle, like, I like all of these films. I always have a good time. Rather than me necessarily loving the movies, I love the time I have when I watch the movies. Found footage does something for me to an incredible degree. Yeah, I I like found footage. I think... I prefer the more amateur-esque style of found footage, where it's like the original like Blair Witch Project. I think because cameras are so good now, it kind of takes away slightly from them. But I'm still a big fan of the whole concept of found footage. And they're morphing at the moment to sort of computer screen found footage films with stuff like Unfriended and Searching and what was the other one? Unfollowed and Unfollowed 2. These are all films where it's like they're kind of found footage, but they're also leaning on the fact that everyone knows their, their laptop screens now. And I watched, I saw that one with, um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Harold from Harold and Kumar in it, uh, Searching, where he's searching for his daughter. And they set it the beginning of it is set like 10 years ago and he pops up xp and just the first five minutes where he's navigating around xp i enjoyed them it did it for me now james i also know another thing oh okay adam fucking hates found footage i don't know i knew this too and i I was really bigging up found footage because i I knew he was gonna come in waiting for a moment i'm not trying to punish you adam i'm trying to win you don't worry it's my movie pick next I, I, as you say, I cannot stand found footage films. What is it about them? Let's get it out. Let, like, instant, give me something now. Well, what is I it? mean, it's like, the, this one's not so bad. James, you said Blair Witch Project is really interesting because it is found footage. I know it's not really found footage, but it's made to look <laughs> you like found footage. You could believe it. You could really yeah, totally believe it. totally believable. This, I can't get on board with. This is set in, well, this is 2015, yeah. right? None set of them, in 2014. Two, either way, yeah, yeah. 2014. Nobody's got video on their phones, really. It's not something that's... Well, I mean, they have, but it's not the level of quality you're seeing on the screen. Oh, it's p- potato it quality. instantly yeah. takes me out. Instantly. Uh, and a bunch of times in this film, they are watching back 4K HD footage on video cameras from the early 2000s. It was 2007. Is, oh, it's well, absolute yeah. bullshit, and I fucking hate it. I mean, I could show you some videos that we've made, because my brother used to make oh. films when he was... No, my brother used to make films oh, wait, when, no. he was at, uh, when he was at school, Adam. And uh, he um, used a reasonably decent camera, Robert Plant's camera. Strange pull there, but it's a true story. The Robert Plant? The Robert Plant, yeah. As in Ro- Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin's Robert Plant. Robert Plant. Wow. Um, and Cam- he, camera loner, uh, Cam- Robert Plant. Well-known for. Yeah. Yeah. Camera loner and house loner. 
so that my brother could film a haunted house wow. video at his house. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck, James? Yeah. That's a great <laughs> fact. Adam's over here like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I should probably tell you guys about this at some point. Uh, no, no, never mind. But I've watched those videos back recently. One Day Death House. That's one of the uh, videos that he made. And the quality is not the quality of no. what we're seeing here. It is, it is far lower quality. So I'm always on the lookout for things that pull me out of a film. And this, unfortunately, is a big one. I just can't get over it at all. I think Mordway Manor was the other horror you I made. feel, yeah. Hmm. How did you feel about Cloverfield? I don't like Cloverfield. I don't like... I think it, I think really the only found footage film that I've ever enjoyed is Blair Witch Project. I think Cloverfield, I don't... It, I, it's something about the sort of like style of it makes me nauseous. Cloverfield is the one that I would always consider the most egregious in you would drop the camera within the first two yeah. minutes of it's the nonsense. events of this film. It's nonsense. Um, we'll get onto it. I think yeah. Project Allman actors are far superior because they have one line of dialogue that makes sense why everything thereafter oh, is filmed. Yeah, yeah, and there's a few scenes that aren't filmed but that you know happen because the camera is set up ready for it and you go, why wouldn't they? Oh, well, of course, they wouldn't have filmed that so you can't yeah, see yeah. it. And I yeah. love that part. So before we get into the movie, uh, guys, where did you watch it? I rented this on Prime Video. I used my wife's Apple... Log in on Paramount Plus for a free trial to Very watch it on Paramount nice. Plus. <laughs> it was always so wild. Very nice. I saw that it was it's on like, Paramount yeah. Plus and I thought, there's no fucking way you're like, getting me at all. James comes in and he's like, I watched it on Razzle Dazzle TV. <laughs> I got the free trial. It was amazing. I rented it on uh, Apple TV. I think it was like roughly the same price as Amazon as well. So a uh, very accessible film as well, which is nice considering Time Cop was hard to get. A yeah. day was not hard to get, just hard to find. Uh, so a nice, you know, there's no other film in existence called Project Almanac. Oh, wait, wait for next week's uh, episode. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a doozy. Oh, it's a doozy. Yeah. And if our listeners want to to get in touch with Time Travel Film Club, how can they do that, guys? You can like us on Facebook at Time Travel Film Club, or you can follow us on Twitter at Time Travel Club. And if you want to send us your amateur home movies, you can do so on Reddit, r slash Time Travel Film Club, and our email address, timetravelfilmclub at gmail.com. Oh, horny today. <laughs> and so, without further delay, James Adam, I hope you like references with a side of plot. It's Project Almanac time! <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, before we get into Project Almanac, uh, Ethan Hawke hasn't done anything. I'm sorry. He hasn't written any new novels. He hasn't made any new gay romances with uh, uh, Pedro... What's his name? Pedro Pascal. He's, he's not up to anything wildly new at the moment. i tell you what is new and what uh, is going on, especially concerning the movie we did last time around. South Korea is scrapping their traditional aging system. A lot of them got a lot younger. They've, they've, Everyone's they've literally gone back in time. It's I crazy, know. right? I know. So we have to redo a day now, guys. I know. They're all different ages. <laughs> perfect, perfect timing for the episode to, for us to do it literally just after it happened. Imagine, just after it happened, the entire country has experienced what could be if you were writing a movie conceived as, yeah, well, you've technically time traveled because you're all a year younger. You haven't, you're all now, you've been given back a year of life. So you have to pretend as if the last however long didn't exist. What an it, like wild. And I tell you, you could probably use a year's reset when we finally meet him. It is our boy teenage engineer, David Raskin, who we open Project Almanac with. We also open with his sister, Christina, and his amigos, Quinn and Adam. Not you, Adam. Adam, Adam. No, You're Adam, film. Adam. Yeah. This is this is Project Almanac, Adam. We we meet the teens, and they are test driving David's new drone control invention to help him prove that he should be accepted to MIT. <laughs> MIT, Scott. M MIT. MIT. He just wants to get into MIT, but fortunately, he does. Yay! Uh, less fortunately... <laughs> He doesn't get a scholarship. Boo. Uh, he gets a little one. He gets a, he gets a tiny little score. Four grand? I think it's like a hundred grand like, a year. It's like to... five grand out of 45. <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to get. Right off the bat, 
we have young actors in a movie or people playing, rather, people playing teenagers in a movie. So the first thing I think is, how old are these fuckers in real life? Not not so much, to be honest, with Christina, the sister, or even Quinn or Adam. Very much with David. How old is this guy, Adam? But David's 26 at the time of filming. At time of filming. Time of filming, Playing 26. 17, 26. Yeah. So. Oh, so he's half as old again in real life as he's playing. It's yeah, a little, you're pushing it a little bit, right? Yeah. Like 21 playing 17? Okay. 22, 23 playing 17? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 26, 26 is a bit much. Pushing. He is, I mean, he doesn't look like an adult per se, but like he, he looks like an adult compared to the other three, I think. I don't, think, I don't think he looks like a 17-year-old. Later in the film, he looks older as well, which I think he, he looks like he, get, he ages through the film, which is even worse. I think it's also fun at this point in the movie that like 2015, which is, you know, a lot longer ago than I think we all like to admit. It's already eight years now. 2015 is a world in which drones were still like, oh, that's kind of cool. What, what, what you doing with drones there? As opposed to now, where it's, in, it's just a wanker flag. Was this film like sponsored by Xbox 360? Because they... <laughs> Everything. If, the, there the are lots that, of product placements. Yeah. And the stuff that they do, at one point they're playing a game on the TV. They don't directly show it's the Xbox Connect. But the technology he's using on the drone and then the game they're playing on the TV is absolutely Xbox Connect technology where it was mm. all picking up your hand motions, etc., etc. It was it felt weirdly like pointed. So that's where we're at. David and Co. invented some nice drone tech, helps him get into MIT, can't get funding. To help him get funding, his mum puts the house up for sale. Bold, right out the gate. I I enjoyed it. Like, I liked it. I, I, I thought to myself at the time, so I, I, was, I was watching it with a friend, and they're like, well, why would she do that? I was like, well, if he does go to MIT and nails it, like they think he's going to nail it because they have faith in their boy, then he'll have a job where, like, he could buy back her house yeah, or a bigger house, double a house yeah, in definitely. a couple of years, right? Yeah, it's an yeah, investment. Yeah. It's yeah. an investment yeah, in his yeah. future. Yeah. But David obviously doesn't want this to happen. He wants to, to find himself one of those scholarships. There is a glimmer of hope. He knows that there is, you know, one last scholarship to try for, but they do need an experiment proposal. And so he's up in the family attic. He and his sister, Christina, they're fumbling through their father's old doodads. And they stumble upon an old video camera. Point. Old video camera. It's still tape technology. Is it? Put I didn't see down. whether it was. Yeah, it's uh, definitely still tape. Is because, it cassette? Because at the end, the logo, the, the logo, the tape ah, comes up, okay, the tape's tape. run out. So it's definitely still tape technology, not digital in this case. Yeah, which they didn't make too much of, to be no, honest. No, but know I what think I mean? that's part of the of the whole point of it. Really, you remember in Primer, he makes a point of this is an old camcorder. Mm. I've got a very old camcorder. You'll have to buy me a new one. Yeah. Uh, and they can't. And like Primer's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be low grade and old shit. Yeah. Whereas like Project Almanac, I was I just didn't catch it, and they don't make a big yeah. deal of it. On the video camera is footage of David's seventh birthday party, the last time he saw his father. So he's 17 here, 10 years ago. So that's 2004. So the, the camera's from 2004-ish. The seventh birthday party was also, we get a hint later on down the line, this is also the last time he saw his father. We, you know, we've had the mother say, your father would be so proud of you. So we know he's either dead or just not there. But what, or rather who, does uh, Eagle Eye David also spot in the background of the footage of this seventh birthday party video? He sees it tucked away in a, in a, in a mirror in the background. It's himself. Oh, crazy. It's a himself that looks strung out on heroin. <laughs> he does. He looks he's having a rough he's having a yeah. bad yeah, time. yeah, yeah. yeah. Immediately, David is 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 convinced, like, no, no, that's definitely me. His sister, Christina, a little more sceptical. They get Adam and Quinn round, who are sold on it pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, I'd be sceptical, too, because if you've ever seen yourself flipped in a video or an image, you think that you looked weird. It's like, oh, that doesn't look like me at all. So the fact that it would be a dodgy level of quality on a video camera flipped through a mirror, 
I don't know if I'd recognize myself. Yeah, let alone like I know he's like an engineer. He's into science. He's 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 capable of uh, uh, exploring alternatives. But like, let alone it would require time travel. It's and it's you. It's yeah. not like you're like, oh my god, this is our Uncle Bob. Why is what's he doing in the past? There's a mystery to do with Uncle Bob. No, it's you. So you should be able to be like, no, well, I've never been back to 2004. So it's not me at all. Mm. I must have had a relative, especially at a family function. You'd just be like, oh, maybe I have a relative that I don't know about that looks a lot like me. Because there's family there and there might be cousins and extended family yeah. and all that kind of stuff. What I will say, however, is that these are teenagers and teenagers way more influenceable, way more, way True. more happy to sort of jump onto something and just ride out the wave. I remember that was how it was for me. Like there's no one easier to convince that the, the Illuminati might be real than like a 17 year old. <laughs> Give them yeah, two yeah. years and they'll be like, yeah, that wasn't real. I was just really energized yeah, yeah, that yeah. night. Tide pods. Tide pods are a really good example of why it's teenagers true. shouldn't be allowed to be given information. So we switch to the gang at school and what they're trying to dig deeper into the mystery. But while they're trying to, David realizes that, oh, unfortunately he has, or less unfortunately for him, he's swapped bags with his crush. He switched bags with her. So we get to meet our final main character, and that is Jesse, played by, as I mentioned, Sophie Black Dahlia. It seems like this, the one at school and also the one where they're trying to convince Adam and Quinn. All of this before stuff, which I, I understand you would. There's a question of like, why would you be filming this? Now, granted, Christina, a little bit quirky, has her dad's old camera, likes the device, makes note of the, how she likes the device. She sort of gets done dirty, really, Christina, because she's in every scene nearly. She's in like 90% of the scenes in the film, but you see her about five times. And so later that day, David, Christina, Quinn, Adam, they're trying to recreate the video, trying to recreate the placement in the house very nice. And they realized that the David in the video of the seventh birthday party was heading into the basement. You know, that massive, very well equipped, completely undisturbed, professional engineer's basement. That, I just... that you've just not. And they do say we've never been allowed in here. And so now today's the day. Now we, we get yeah. to see it. I, I don't know about you. My grandma did have a room in her house that we were not allowed into because it was for best. But it was just like a for dining best. room. It was a dining room in case the queen ever came around. Okay. Now, <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. I'll point out my grandma lived in a single story council house in the black country. So there were only five rooms. <laughs> and one of those rooms we were never allowed into. All right. Two of those rooms were bedrooms and one of those rooms was a bathroom. So we basically crammed into a tiny kitchen uh, diner the whole time we were there. Did you ever go in? No, I never, ever went in. I was never I, allowed in. That's, that's suspicious. If this was the autobiography of like a rock star, yeah. that basement is filled with dildos. Like filled with, <laughs> just filled with BDSM and dodgy photographs and stuff that you were never intended to see. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. instead she just tells you like, oh yeah, no, no, it's just the really nice China. I'm not saying this about your I mean, it sounds James, like you're saying but it I'm about saying that like, uh, there's, there's a Black Mirror episode that's just come out where it, uh, there's a bunch yeah. of tapes. Oh, and lo says, like, love that episode. Bergerac. She, Berger yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the yeah. tapes are Bergerac. That, so. And wow. it ain't Bergerac. No. <laughs> there were no dildos in my grandma's room. <laughs> My, my mother, your mother's my not mother, going to stop listening. My <laughs> mother will listen to this, and it's her mother we're talking about. So heading down into the dildo cave, uh, the the time teens. <laughs> no, not a thing. Not a they thing. don't know what they're going to find yet. Discoveries do away, but the discoveries <laughs> are a lot less, a lot less phallic. Um, they find a lockbox, which is unlocked via light switch. I thought that was fun. I, I thought that was seen cool. That yeah, that was like cool. That a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, just electromagnetic, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, the nice. aesthetics of having the little like packs underneath it that obviously have a circuit yeah. that puts on the powers on. Loved that. Yeah. Like that a lot. And inside they find a, a humming glass box device gadgety thing that we don't know much about yet until they read the label 
thermomagnetic accelerator navigation device and they see some logos on some documents, DARPA, and then finally, before I eagerly and desperately need James to come in, finally they name the whole thing, it's Project Almanac, that's the project in question, and it is a temporal relocation prototype. Yeah, DARPA, uh, genuinely a real agency. Um, I've heard them in Lost, I think. Uh, yeah. uh, that's the Dharma initiative, ah. which I think is supposed to be a, a like a, a pull off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Project Almanac just names them DARPA. Yeah. And DARPA, they're a real thing. So uh, set up, I, I don't even remember how, it was early on. So ARPA, they were originally called, which is the Advanced Research Projects Agency, mm. that then became the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. I don't like the word defense because I know it means defense contracts. And yet, um, DARPA sounds way more fun to say than ARPA. Who mm. gave them the D? <laughs> well, the American government gave them no, the of D. Course what they a did. surprise. Yeah. So, yeah, DARPA are essentially they're a genuine agency. They have had their fingers in everything. If you think they invented about... the internet, apparently, and I thought a Scottish guy invented now, that. Now, so I, I think they probably utilised the internet. No, 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 it's it's way more complicated than that. So Tim Berners Lee is mm-hmm. sort of thought of as the father of the internet because essentially in the eighties and nineties he did all of the work towards the hyperlinking. Essentially, oh. he didn't even come up with hyperlinks. I think hyperlinks came up well in the sixties. It was you know several people have made these steps, but what DARPA did is they wanted to interconnect their own network. And so that essentially became an intranet. Ah, So several times around the world, uh, around the world, the intranet was invented. And the intranet was invented by several different people, including Tim Berners-Lee. And about six different scientists working at DARPA came up with their own little version. And all of these intranets connecting together is what made the internet. And if you speak to my dad, he actually used one of the first intranets that connected to an internet oh that's very cool so DARPA did invent the internet I thought that was bullshit in the screenplay they really helped to invent the internet they're part of uh, several people that helped invent the internet they did a bunch of other stuff as well Uh, why don't we use DARPA as like a go-to for just science bods like people say NASA so many times and it's like yeah that's for space but like you know like it's just a throwaway term of like oh I bet he's so smart he could work for NASA I want to be smart enough to work for DARPA yeah Mm. NASA have never made remote controlled insects for example that's one of the things DARPA that DARPA made remote control insects. DARPA worked on remote controlled insects. And cool. I don't mean like remote controlled little things that look like insects. Actual insects trying to control them remotely. Oh, wow. done, they, they love insects. There's so been a few different things. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I think some of the most important ones, things like neural implants they've worked on. Oh. So that's going to be a, a big deal in the future. Yeah. Are they still active, DARPA? Still active still today. Going. Still going today. In fact, the most recent and biggest news thing they helped with the COVID vaccine. Oh, right. So oh, really? the mRNA technology used in the COVID vaccine, DARPA have had their hands in that for a while. Oh, oh. wow. So they're just as much into like biology as they are into like physics. and. You will never find their, they will never have like their stamp on anything. They'll never be like, oh, this was made by DARPA. It's just they are involved in all of these projects because wow. of course the American government needs to be involved yeah, for right? their own security in yeah, yeah. all of these things. What's bullshit is that the internet's too busy being like, what's going on at Area 51? Fuck Area 51. Yeah. D- DARPA will have way darker shit going on. Yeah. DARPA sound like, uh, like you know, in Fringe, Massive Dynamic. Yeah. Remember yeah. Massive Dynamic? I've not seen Fringe. Fringe. Oh, haven't I've you? always wanted to, but... Yeah, there's there's a there's a company that are like, they're in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like science Science is the thing, and they're absolutely that's in DARPA. everything. Yeah, that's that's DARPA. That's got and every le- And like you say, so. every level of science. Quantum computers. Cool. Yeah, just like, just up the way. Wow. Cool. Nice. Yeah, including nice. the temporal relocation prototype. 
The th is it a temporal relocation prototype, or is it a thermomagnetic accelerator navigation device, or is it both? So I think it is a prototype <laughs> for temporal relocation. Jesus nightmare. But which, si which of the seven science words applies? <laughs> I, I want to say that the Tandy is part of the prototype. So I think it's like okay. in a car, the engine is the Tandy, but the car is the temporal research prototype. Gotcha. And the act of driving the car is the Project Almanac. Yes. Great. Fantastic. Sure. So many words. I like them all, though. I'm okay yeah, with nice. it. I think it's nice. The only one that doesn't really make sense is Almanac. But you, then you go, oh, yeah, but they're just obviously fans of Back to the Future. Yeah, and right. therefore, yeah, exactly. it makes perfect it's the sense. first you, reference. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well call it Project DeLorean for how on the nose <laughs> is. Project D. Talking of G, there's a lot of D happening <laughs> right now. And I just want to say, I like it all. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Scott likes all of the D. <laughs> Talking of big D, we have the trope, Daddy did it first. Daddy did it first. Yeah. Oh, well, a, a big old return. It's, it's a little bit of a slight because I don't know if Daddy has done it. No, he's Daddy definitely invented it. Approached it. Approached mm. it. Thought yeah. about he's, it. Prototype. Yeah, he stalked it for a yeah. while. And, and you're right, because they do they when they when they eventually boot up, it's yeah. experiment one, trial one, not experiment two, trial one. Yeah. Which I took note of. It's um, the Tony Stark thing of his dad knew what needed to be done, but the technology of his time was not available. He didn't yeah. have school-based hydrogen to get yeah. his yeah. hands. Or an on. Xbox, it would seem. He's still a time traveling Nepo baby. He's a, he's he, a yeah. He's still a Nepo baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they found the prototype. Quinn very comfortably convinces David to build it because you, well, you saw the tape. You already built it, man. You've already been back to your seventh birthday party. And so we are building a time machine. Cue Bill and Ted reference and discussion of killing Hitler. <laughs> I mean, a classic, classic, yeah. classic. Yeah, which yeah. they can't, which they can't do because they don't speak German. You cowards. <laughs> you cowards. I'm not saying you're cowards for not doing it. I'm saying you're cowards, cowards for not, not thinking of a better German. reason in your screenplay for them not doing it than just... I mean, they should just be... Well, we're teenagers. We, we yeah. shouldn't do that because our parents wouldn't want us to. Well, yeah, they set up some great limits in it where he's like, well, we can't go back further than three weeks. And that would have been a great one to be like, well, we can kill Hitler. No, I don't think this is going to be able to do that. That would be a huge amount of energy required. Yeah. Easy throwaway line that would have been useful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they get to tinker in and they manage to get the prototype turned on and we get this whole big, nice electromagnetism scene. At this point in the dildo cave, I was, I, was, I was very happy. I was very happy with the setting. Why? Because it feels like it's been a long time since we've had garage engineering. Garage engineer. science. <laughs> yeah. Garage yeah. science. Garage since we've science. had garage, garage aesthetic. It's, yeah. garage primer, it's primer style. It's it primer, primer style. Yeah, it feels, it feels really reminiscent of primer, doesn't it, this? And it's like, it's a, we, haven't, we, we had a bit of that in ARQ. He had his little basement with his whirly, whirly time loopy machine. So it's, it's, it's hopped about, but it has been a long time since I feel like we've been in, in a laboratory with people. And, and also, it's really on the nose because it's like the whole point about that sequence is they're trying to get a ton of batteries linked together to work the machine, which is exactly what happens in Primer. They even have a similar setup of the, like multiple car batteries yeah. in sequence. Yeah, yeah. What I will say is I got pulled out a little bit again here because, and this is just a real geeky thing, I think that turning on that electromagnet which effectively is what they're doing, would just wipe the tapes in the video. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you fucked The it. only way is if so. it's like, if it's a bubble of electromagnetism that isn't yeah. going any further than... Because they took yeah. about nine feet at one point. Yeah. Which would be fine. But then anytime you went inside of that nine feet, you'd no, yeah. no you'd chance. Fries just, the camera, it just, yeah. just annoys me. Also, some weird Found stuff. Footage. Some weird stuff that happens with things fusing and uh, but we won't go into that too much. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's some parts of that scene that I didn't love immediately. Yeah. As we mentioned, thanks to uh, David and Adam's ingenuity, but also Quinn's sacrifice of his Xbox 360, which I think was like, what, eight years old 
at, in the fiction of 2014. Yeah. Like, when did the Xbox 360 come out? 2005? It certainly so it was wasn't like, new, yeah. Yeah, it certainly wasn't new at all. But I, am, I, am I right in thinking that the reason they do that is because they want the op- the access to the operating system to make it work? Is that what they're kind of getting at? They get, what they have is they don't have a way to visualise all of the data that's, that's coming fair, through. Yeah. So they, what they basically need to do is turn the random lines of code into actual visuals for them to see yeah there's a line of dialogue i'm sure they cut where they said we need a really great graphics card what can we get and someone says a playstation he says fuck you (laughs) (laughs) american made and american made i think is a good moment to mention something i saw in the credits just spotted produced by michael bay oh shit michael bay transformers own american made military up the wazoo uh it's very Michael Bay, actually. There's some Michael Car Bay crashes and it. explosions well, and stuff. And, and yeah, and some of the some of the like uh, uh, what do they like the light streaming? Oh in yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. Of stuff. Uh, not directed by Michael Bay, he, uh, but I, do, I don't know the level of influence he had. But sure. uh, the second I saw it, it just made sense, and I couldn't put my finger on exactly why, but it, it just made sense. Now, Adam has also made a nifty uh, iPhone interface uh, for the time machine. Welcome to 2014, he says. And we also get a a little Doctor Who mention. So, so far, we're up to Back to the Future in the title, Bill and Ted and Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Doctor Who mention I really enjoy because it's like, oh, what's a Doctor Who or who's a Doctor Who? Which I like because it's how I felt in 2004 when Christopher Eccleston popped onto a television and expected me to give a shit about something that he bailed from in, what, four episodes? Also, it's way before Doctor Who was mainstream on American television again as well, so... She like, shouldn't know. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it makes sense. And we also, as we say, we get the mention of their the furthest they can go back is three weeks. They go and do another test, which yields the need for some hydrogen. So the time teams are off to school, their school, to steal some. Now, I, was, the, I think we're going to make the same point. Go on, you, you go you, first. I, I'm a gentleman. You go first because sure. I'll be angry. Well, I was going to say, I, I, hydrogen's an odd one to choose for something that's difficult to come by because you can just make hydrogen can't you I think you can buy it online very easily so I think I think any, any, any other, engineer could yeah, make it any could other someone, element uh, could a miner buy it I could make hydrogen in your kitchen in Adam's kitchen yeah. right now if I wanted yeah. to I mean, that's yeah the which thing. I, I, I buy which but someone someone applying for MIT I think would know how to make their own hydrogen which is yeah. just a little bit pulled yeah. out yeah, so yeah. like I know it's more interesting to go and steal it from the high school because they're teenagers but I feel like that should have been addressed a little bit. Use a different element that's a bit more difficult to get hold of, maybe, yeah, that, that schools would Something still Something a have. bit more like out there. Yeah, Something that the know, audience uranium. is like, I don't know about. What, is palladium in, is it palladium yeah. in primer? I think it's palladium. But yes. Yeah. That palladium something I've no idea about. Palladium mm. makes sense because it's a slightly exotic metal and it has weird properties. And uranium or plutonium in um, Back to the Future makes great sense because it's a radioactive source. If they'd said fission in this and gone for something like that, I'd have been fine. They even say fusion. Sorry, if you've got a device that can fuse hydrogen, number one, that's the biggest breakthrough ever on its own. But also, number two, you don't use hydrogen for fusion. You use tritium, which is a type, a very specific isotope of hydrogen, which is way harder to come by that you would not find in a school. You wouldn't find that in most labs. I do wonder with the stealing of the hydrogen scene, whether it, the need for it in the screenplay comes up at the back end where you need him to be running from the police and breaking into somewhere and so then you write it in earlier on like oh we need to establish that hydrogen is a thing because we need him to be seeking something that's mm. 
extra legal or less than legal, not yeah. extra legal, just less than legal uh, uh, later on down the line because we want the police to be, the police are going to be chasing him. He has to break into some way, yada, yada. Because, yeah. yeah, it is a bit weird. I did get that little hint as well of Kelly the school bomber from Mega Time Squad because yeah. they're just, they're bump, bursting into a school and playing around with something that's in- incredibly flammable. Mm. And so after they're back from the hydrogen Costco of a school, <laughs> it's time for Project Almanac Experiment 1, Trial 1. They strap a GoPro. Uh, if it wasn't sponsored by Microsoft, James, this film is sponsored by GoPro. Oh, yeah, big yeah. time. Yeah. They strap a GoPro onto a toy car, and uh, which they plan to send uh, one minute into the past. But just as the test begins, the batteries blow. They decide they need a fuel source that can recharge itself while it puts out power. And so, of course, <laughs> I say with... Bing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah. It's nickel metal hydride, James. What is that? Oh, don't worry. I've got it in my pocket. I have ah. I have here a single rechargeable battery that I have brought from home. In fact, if you Google nickel metal hydride, the battery that pops up is this exact one. Do it right now. You'll see this exact image That's of okay. this exact just battery. Like a, like a little duracell rechargeable... It is a green Duracell battery yeah. that I have that is right. just a... Uh... Is this a 2023 to 2014 thing? Or those are very available in I've owned these they? since I had an Xbox 360. Yeah. So I would say these are decently... I mean, the way that batteries work is some of them that are not rechargeable have essentially a process that allows for electron donation. When they are rechargeable like this, you can't use that same formula. You have to use a nickel metal hydride. Um, And that's because I even mentioned at one point about the absorption of hydrogen. It's technically the absorption of protons, but hydrogen when it's an ion is just a proton. So Ah, that's fine. Very, very common. And it would absolutely be a nickel metal hydride battery that is a rechargeable battery in a Prius. Super, super common. Just makes it sound way more sciencey. Yeah. I, uh, Priuses were becoming like real big around 2014. Oh, yeah. 2011, 2012, it's when like LA became just a sea of Priuses. So I get that Priuses are there, and I'm imagining that they've decided, well, we need the Prius specifically because we, while we could get like a bunch of these Duracells, it'd be way more efficient to just get one of those big batteries from a Prius, right? Yeah. I've also just looked at the battery again and realized it's definitely an Energizer. And because we don't do brands here, Energizer or Duracell will both be fine. Yeah. Also, like using, correct me if I'm wrong, but using the little car. To show time travel is a Back to the Future reference in itself. Because oh, yeah, I think Little so. Red yeah, Car, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what Doc does with yeah. Marty to show him, like, no, this is how it's going to work before they actually do it. Like, There's a really interesting thing that I'm going to get to later on because there are a bunch of alternate scenes for this film, an opening and an ending. Really? And I think... They shot themselves in the foot by not using the alternate opening. Oh, that's so interesting. At this point, and I will explain to you exactly why. And I think it tracks through a lot of the film that it would make more sense. Alternate endings are something that are heard of, but yeah. rarely an alternate oh, very opening. Very rarely an alternate yeah. Rarely an alternate Weird, opening. Weird, but yeah, yeah. We'll get to that later. And so they need a big old Prius battery. Fortunately, there's a party across the road. And who is arriving to that party and desperately in need of parking? It is Jesse. So Desperately in need of parking. <laughs> desperately in need of parking. <laughs> so David heads out, offers his driveway up. The Prius is parked there. They hook that bad boy up and get experimenting. It's time for experiment one, trial two. But just as the switch is flicked, Jesse just nips back down into the dildo cave and is like, Whoa, what are you doing to my car? What are you doing to my lovely brand new Prius that my parents bought me? But it is too late. The switch has been flicked. And so we get this whole like frantic haywire moment, screen distortion, big energy surge. And there's a big area wide power cut. Boom. Big old power thingy. 
Which we assume is the electromagnetism, I guess, because they're not taking power from the mains, are they? It's like an electromagnetic pulse, I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But it doesn't knock out the camera. No, it doesn't knock out the camera. A layman like me is just like, you did a big power thing. And so, of course, you used up all of the power from the nearby area. (laughs) Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. But the question is, for the gang, did it work? Which it did, to some extent. The toy car is embedded in the wall. We should talk about that briefly, because that's a bit of an odd thing to have happened. Yeah, it's, they talk about like how it's moving things in time, so maybe I mean they're trying to suggest that it doesn't quite move them in space right. At that point, I would have I would have thought that is not a successful time travel. If you end up halfway through a fucking wall, well, if your if your goal is we want to send it to the past, yes, they are successful. Successful. If they, you want to survive that trip yes. to the past in the future. But admittedly, they're not testing, they're not trying to see whether they can do it now. They're trying to see whether it can be done. Sure. And so, if anything, it's a very successful one because it illuminates to them the need to factor in embedding in a wall. Sure. Uh, Embedding in a wall, something we've seen before, something we've spoken about before. Well, something, yeah, something that hasn't been uh, sort of dealt with in films before is is how, where you end up, make sure you don't end up on a table. We've had this conversation before. We spoke about it in I'll Follow You Down, specifically, with uh, uh, Hayley Joel Osment just just jumping back and not giving a damn. Mm. And recently in The Time Machine as well, he takes for granted the fact that his thing can just exist for thousands of years without there ever being someone who just builds, yeah. plants a tree in that location. Yeah, I didn't like the car ending up in the wall. I didn't really like the fusing of the tools earlier in the film. I, I didn't really like any of the motion of the objects when they're turning the machine on because why is the water moving Oh, and I all quite, the other parts are, but the I camera and like they aren't. Some of it, I like. I like the fact that there is obviously something happening with gravity in the area that they're in. But why doesn't it affect them or the camera? I agree. I mean, yeah. it does. It does Agreed. lift the camera up at one point. Yeah. But like, it doesn't draw them in, or it, it all felt a bit like yeah. half done. You know, it felt like they'd had an idea, but they didn't. Well, I think it's, I think think it's a lot. You're throwing a lot at the issue yeah. instead of having one really good thing. Mm. So yeah. The tools will spin. Our hair will stand on end. Yeah. This happens and this happens. Whereas if you had like one unique or new idea where you were like, yeah. so they're going to turn the machine on. And guess how it begins? This thing happens. Every metal item is yeah. attracted to everything else. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we'll just, we're going to run with that, but we've got a new innovative way of showing it. But I, I just don't think they had it at this point. Yeah. So they thought we're going to do it all. Spinning, hair standing on the end, electric, big old power cut, yeah. just to get us to the car in the wall. So we switch to the school, semi-successful first go-round. We switch over to school and specifically science class. Two things are happening in science class. David is redesigning the time machine so that it can fit into a backpack. I really like this. I have to say this now. Let's talk time machine, lads. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk device. Yeah. I, I think that every, every, every time machine that is designed in films, they should always be thinking about the practicalities of moving it around. Now, the time machine, not a practical time machine. But, del- but it makes sense because yeah. it's too difficult to be practical. Absolutely. And it was 1895. He yeah. probably thought horses could pull it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Things like, the, 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 we always go back to it, the DeLorean is such a practical, the car isn't practical, but the idea of being able to move around when you get to the past or the future, very important. So I think having a, a an object you can wear that is your time travel device is very, very beneficial to like the plot of this film. Yeah, and as we've established, having it in a backpack, it's always going to be within nine feet of you and everyone just needs to crowd up close to you if they want yeah. to come with you. It's, it's kind of perfect. Plus, the other side effect is you don't need to keep showing what does the time machine look like. We know loosely that it looks like a couple of batteries here and there. We know that there's a few random kind of coloured switches and circuit boards and a little screen and an yeah. iPhone and whatever, whatever. But we don't need to know is what it looks like all the time 
in the backpack, it's hidden, and we just go, oh yeah, it's some jumble of wires. And so it's nice just having it all contained in a backpack where you don't have to see what it looks like, because we know it's a jumble of wires and batteries and an iPhone and a screen, but you can hide that away, and we just all remember it looks like that, and you don't really have to show it on screen again. We've seen it. We don't need, like, regular reminders. I think it's great that a teenager is always going to have a backpack, and no one in public is going to be like, what's that? It's not suspicious, is it? It's like, you know, you can put a few LED lights in. In terms of a prop, a practical prop, great idea. Because it's like, you could just put a few LED lights in it and like, you know, a few wires sticking out the side. And instantly you're like, oh, great. Okay, I'm, that makes sense. And we don't get stuck in the thickets of like, they have to keep fueling it or keep touching it or, oh, it's broken or anything. Once he gets it in that backpack, it works. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he'd been a, you know, 30 something year old man, people would assume he was probably some sort of criminal or terrorist that he just has a yeah. backpack on all the time. But as a school child, makes perfect sense. Yeah. So the time teens are trying to decide on a sensible next move. Should they Should they send back some bacteria? Should they send back uh, some, some little white mice? Jesse just balls in and says, like, no, we're testing on us. Yeah, fuck it, send us. We should absolutely test on us because you know it's worked yeah. on humans because you went back to the seventh birthday party. Don't be a dick. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah I mean... You won't up in a wall. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know what would go on with the bacteria. What, how would you know that they've gone... What are you going to do? Ask them? The mice? <laughs> a decent enough idea. Better than a weeble, anyway. Yeah. But oh, no, oh, straight, to, straight to just people. Yeah, yeah, just go for it. Just do it. Yeah. We also and the, like adding to this is the fact that we we see that Jesse's keychain is the one that David was holding in the seventh birthday video, so we know she's definitely involved. So, time teens drive out to the woods, huddle together, set the backpack for twenty four hours in the past, and David lays out the time travel rules, the rules of the the process, the travel rules, less more than the time travel rules. Yeah, this, they is, are. this is nice. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, no. I, it's a nice, it's a nice, like, Loved very it. clear, really, this is what's going to happen. Really liked it. It's yeah. like, you know, you're, it's, it's like being, it was like being on a plane and he was the attendant doing the thing of like, don't hold your breath, keep your body loose and keep your eyes closed. Do you remember Predestination, the first time she gets taken back and she's just all over the place? Yeah. It would have been nice for her to have a little you know, chat beforehand. Yeah. Oh, by the yeah. way, this will happen and this yeah. will be this and this. I feel like, that. I can't remember the movie, but I feel like someone in one of the movies we've watched has said like, hold your breath or don't hold your breath. Like that's been just one mention of one little thing. In Predestination, I think he says like, prepare your stomach or something like that. Like, it's going to be a shock. So there's been loose elements of, like, prepare yourself for this. But I really like the sort of, like, the foresight of David and the friendliness and the care package of just being like, all right, guys, here are the three things you should all keep in mind. And I look forward to seeing more of it because I think the rules, like the time travel safety tips and guidelines is Mm. a really nice thing that should be in in more films. Oh, yeah, and it obviously goes great because he's bleeding out of his ears three seconds later. (laughs) Yeah, man, (laughs) man, it's rough when they time travel. (laughs) He's he's done his pre-care. He needs some after care now <laughs> they, they always end up like face down on the floor like they've been dropped as well it's really hard on their fucking bodies it really does look rough yeah. he's bleeding jesse can't hear as well like it's not a good what's his face adam's in the in a dumpster as well <laughs> <laughs> that's a rough ride he just ends up in a bin and so yeah we've and again we've seen negative effects of time travel before we have. These are, we're, we're seeing so many firmly established tenets of other time travel films you know we've covered enough in this time travel film club already we're seeing like them hit there's the there's the references in this film back to the future doctor who uh uh you know bill and ted yada yada but there are also some real there are some real right off the mark from the second you begin the film and consistently throughout some real like tropes tropes that we've identified stuff we've seen before in films and they are running with it they never sort of like uh, in my opinion at least they're not 
they're not delaying themselves too much or winking at the audience or being like, you remember this? No, they've just folded all of these things in. And a lot of them are just time travel consideration chats. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are just a couple of people in a room, I imagine, just sat around and saying like, okay, well, are they going to be, is, is it going to affect their body? Yeah, I think it would. We've got to show that to them then. Yeah. Ears bleeding. Make and then, it obvious. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is there going to be an effect of going? Should they be worried? Well, no, David, the smart one's going to prepare them with a couple of rules. And there's been a couple of other bits and pieces like this. So, you know, I mean, I think it goes without saying that Dean Israelite uh, uh, and the, the screenwriters, uh, Pagan and Deutschman, they watched a bunch of time travel oh, films yeah. before they wrote this screenplay and made this movie. A bunch. Interestingly, they wrote this film very quickly. They only researched time travel for three months for it. Fair. I mean, if you're working tirelessly, three months is a, a yeah. long time. The whole the whole writing process, they wrote this movie in five months. So yeah. it written in five months, three of those months you were researching. So I like the fact that the majority of the time they were writing this, they were watching time travel films and researching time travel. But you've got to put the work in if you want it to be successful. Palm Springs was another young duo of mm. screenwriters who put in the legwork and wrote a screenplay quite quickly. And Palm Springs is a very tightly knit movie that has a bunch of references in it and is, a, and is a, of a similar level of like quality and output. So the time teens are in the past. Hurrah! They recover from the negative side effects. We get a, a very cheeky Looper reference as well. Oh, yeah, it's good, that. Uh, shocked me a little bit because it's less of a like classic past thing as Back to the yeah. Future and Doctor Who and all these these famous times. Looper's like two years before this film. Yeah, and the thing that they reference that happens then sort of from Looper is something that they could have definitely referenced a different film for, couldn't they, Adam? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> they could have easily gone immediately to Time Cop with yeah. Star. Yeah, absolutely. Easily. absolutely. But they've got a Time Cop saved like yeah, four they, lines of dialogue have, you time. You can't have double Time Cop references this early on, so yeah, they, they, they're keeping around. that Time Cop reference for later. Spread it around. Uh, and so the Looper reference in question is that Quinn is taking the lead. He's decided, let's go to my house and we'll see if I'm there. I'm in bed asleep at this point, so if I'm there, we're definitely in the past. Uh, here's the thing. There's a bit of a i have a mild problem now at this point in this scene because we established later on that quinn can go back in time and influence events in the past whereby he can succeed in a pop quiz yes but in this he doesn't remember interacting with himself in the bed but he's able to go back and draw the smiley face on the back of his head so that part obviously happened the drawing shows up on the back of his neck which means he definitely did the interaction. The drawing happened. And the it interaction happened. happened, yeah. But he has no memory of it. So Is why that does the it f- glitching? Well, why does it physically well, implant on him, but yeah. not mentally implant on him? Uh, very good. I agree. I the think o- sorry, go on. Sorry, no, no, sorry. I keep. I was just going to say, the only thing is is that like they do the whole flashing out of existence thing. I think that's the important bit of this sequence. I think that's why they're in this. They need a reason to have two of the characters interact and have a moment where it's like, well, this is what happens when two people are in the same time. They could prove they're in the past in a hundred different ways. Mm. They could do the classic back to the future thing that was then done in curvature yeah which is just finding a newspaper in the bin and checking the date but this this will come up again later there's another scene again involving quinn where i will point out that he does something that doesn't fit their own time travel rules they break their own rules in that scene very nice yeah Mm. i i've got a interesting because i don't have a question about quinn in the future but i do about david so yeah we'll get to that looking forward to that now, as the, the blinking out of existence, the, the, the flashing when the two Quins see each other is happening, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the, the problem is solved by just our gang yanking out their Quinn from the situation, running down the road. They're over the moon. Time travel exists and they have been able to time travel. All is great. And they, ju- they, they finish up their journey by jumping back to their time 
and taking a nearby dog with them, a dog that was chasing them. That poor dog. 24-hour dog kidnap. <laughs> 24 hours worth of dog kidnaps. Because yeah. when they get back to their time, their present, that dog has been missing. The owner has put up loads of, of missing things. I did think to myself, you could just end the movie here and tell me with some white text that flashes up on the screen. So the gang stole that man's dog. 800,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> and each time he gave them a $40 reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that dog is 24 hours younger than it should be. Yeah. It's a bit weird when you think about it. Oh, yeah. It's like he lives in South Korea. Yeah, he, that, that dog travels forward in time. No other, like, none of the other characters ever travel forward in time. They travel back oh, that is and then a forward good spot. again. That dog just travels forward in time. He is dem- temporally displaced. There is, there is one other dog in time travel history that travels forward in time. Yeah, there is. It's called Einstein. Back oh, of course, yeah. See? It's always coming back. It's I was thinking about the back. goat in Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah that classic goat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is where, you know, after they've done their travel, they're all celebrating, everything's good. They're back in, in Dildo Cave, and uh, we this is where we get the Time Cop reference. Yeah, this is more interesting than you would think. Well, the, that, it is interesting, because the lesson they decide to espouse from Time Cop is, yeah. I would argue, like, the fourth or fifth most important <laughs> lesson from Time Cop. The lesson is, well, you can't give yourself information from your for, to your past self you can't do that it's it's wrong but it's only wrong because of the fiction in time cop where they've decided it's illegal you're helping yourself get a leg up it's not like a fundamental law of science at least from time cop's perspective i don't think but it's fine if they want to if they want to focus on lyle and what he did wrong and they're like you don't be a lyle don't be <laughs> Max Walker's partner, yeah. Lyle. Then, then fine. Good luck to them. Let them focus on it. Dean, uh, Dean, David has, David's like, no, no, guys, you're seeing it all wrong. It's not like necessarily a past machine and the whole point is the past. No, the point is that it is a second chance machine for the present. The time teens make, they decide, pinky promise, we're going to set ourselves some, some in-house kind of agreements with no jumping alone. We'll film all of the jumps. That's an interesting idea. Isn't it? <laughs> and we, <laughs> I wonder if the we film needs that. that. <laughs> and and we won't tell anybody else. I, I do like that. At one point, they talk about selling it to someone, and they say Richard Branson. Of all the people <laughs> to sell it to, Richard Branson is the guy. That shit. Yeah. Well, because Musk wasn't around then, he's the obvious choice. And so it's time to use the machine as, as David said, a second chance machine. Quinn's up first. He gets to, to nail his pop quiz. He needs a couple of, couple of goes at it, but he does eventually mm. nail his pop quiz. Yeah, two plot holes here then. The first is... Is Quinn, this the Quinn moment th- you were talking two, about? Two oh, plot holes okay. in this section. I am yeah. listening, oh yeah. So the first is, she goes up to Quinn. Uh, Christina goes up to Quinn. She and goes says, up to the uh, past Quinn, Quinn, past Quinn, yes. And says, when- this class is cancelled. You don't need to come today. So we know from the video camera that when he went back to the past, he saw in the video camera, this is David specifically, saw in the video camera, oh, there I am at my own birthday party, but much older. So Quinn, at this point, should have been turned around and never gone to class. It should have been that he never even turned up. You're like, oh, Quinn, why did you never turn up for class? Well, guess what? You can turn up now and nail it. So that's the first plot hole is he should also remember, oh, yeah, I do remember Christina telling me not to go to that class, but mm. he doesn't for some reason. Do you remember? Yeah, does when you go back to the present, does present Quinn remember not going to the class or acing the class? And also being told by Christina 
specifically by told by to her go. Yeah. not to go. Yeah. yeah, they should have. Sorry to cut you off, Jim. Mm. They should have given past Quinn the answers, not allowed present Quinn to take past Quinn's but they can't place. Do that because you can't do that and be a Lyle. Yeah, you can't be a Lyle. <laughs> oh my god! Don't be a Lyle. Yeah. Hashtag don't be a Lyle. Don't be a Lyle. <laughs> then the other problem, of course, is our our main character David remembers him failing the pop quiz. But in the scene, David sat next to him as he aces the pop quiz. So David should remember him being like, what do you mean go back and fail ace the quiz? You aced the quiz the first time around. I remember you acing the quiz. So they really, they screw up their own rules here where they show that you can influence the past and it changes the future. But it doesn't change the future for any of them. Yeah, they become like this weird, isolate this island. Yeah, Yeah. it's Mm. completely bizarre. I'll cut... That's a really interesting point. I've got, there's a moment at the festival later on with Quinn that I thought was your thing that you were going to oh, mention. Oh shit, we'll another come to it. Quinn problem. That is island-ish. Yeah. So yeah, we'll come back to that. But, but yeah, I, I very much agree. Don't be, don't be a Lyle is not the hill to die on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> after it was, after Quinn's moment of success with the pop quiz, it's now Christina's go. A sort of very, not even a B plot, like a C or D plot so far in the movie has been that Christina's being bullied by some bitch called Sarah. And so it's time for a little bit of revenge on Sarah. She chucks some coke over her, but I will say, I'm everywhere, bitch. I loved that line yeah. so I'm much. I'm everywhere, bitch. I'm everywhere, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's very time traveling. It's I very find. time traveling. Like Max Walker, why isn't he dropping that in Time Cop? Yes. I would love it if fucking, what's his name? H.G. Wells uh, uh, dropped it to the brain logs. Yeah. Like, I'm everywhere, bitch. Kicks him out of the time yeah. bubble. Yeah. It's a line, zinger. And while we're at it, Quinn's had the moment. Christina's had her moment. Adam is now jumping up to the plate. He's taking the voice. Like, it's time to win the lottery, guys. Let's do this thing. How does $53 million sound? Sounds amazing, right? Sounds great. It would be great if Adam didn't fudge the numbers when he entered it. Man. So they, Imagine they, fucking that part up. They, they only win $1.8 million. We get a nice... I think the, the photograph taken of the miserable yeah. winning I loved that million, bit, yeah. Yeah. I laughed. It's I, great. I enjoyed yeah, it's it. It's very yeah. funny. I do think that as well, that people don't realise how little money they won there. $1.8 million split between... How many of them Five. are there? Five. Five. Five or six. And then three tax. guys, two girls. Yeah. After tax, they're losing immediately 50% of that money. So 1.8 becomes 0.9. Yeah. Splitting that between five is 0.2. That's 200K each. Yeah. Quinn buys a car that is up in that range of costs. Yeah. yeah. And, Big time. and still has enough money to throw parties where he buys stuff for everybody and they're making bets in the thousands of dollars. How much does the food truck situation cost? The sea cost? of food trucks. Yeah, yeah I know. I know, yeah. right? That film... They spent more money on those props for the film than Quinn would have had to spend on them in real life. Yeah. And they still got the numbers wrong. They're still like, yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's funny because when you are 17, if someone said, here's $1.8 million, yeah, you would think like, like Fuck yeah. I'm set for life. Yeah. I'm so set for mm-hmm. life. And even when he gets all of that like life-changing money, I noticed that his mother just takes a big old check from him, takes a big old amount of money from her son, who's 17, and has no, you know, is not like a young Branson. It's not like, me. I say that, young Branson just taking a lot of daddy's money. Uh, ne- a different type of Nepo baby. Uh, but he's, she takes all, she takes this lovely big check and she doesn't turn around to her son and be like, are you cooking meth? Is yeah, that where, what's where did going you get on? This, where did you get 200K from? You've been hanging around with this new friend, Jesse. That's number one. Number two, you look progressively more tired. <laughs> number three, you're rarely changing your clothes these days. You didn't get a scholarship from Mitt, which would depress anyone. I what are you, you doing in my dildo cellar? Uh, what are you doing in the dildo cellar? <laughs> hey, it's not her dildo cellar. It's cooking her... meth in your it's... dad's dildo cellar? It's dad's dildo cellar, yeah. <laughs> dad's dildo cellar. You're cooking meth in your dad's dildo cooking cellar. Cooking meth in the DDC. The DDC? <laughs> That's the first time that sentence has ever been said. Yeah, yeah. And it's hopefully the last time. <laughs> The time teens are loving life. Everything's good. 
Uh, meanwhile, David, you know, uh, engineer that he is. By the way, I did not mention handsome engineer trope. As a trope. But it... Underage man. Not yeah, going to go okay. there. Yeah. Uh, uh, David. Why did you make a weird face at us, what? Adam? <laughs> I did not. I didn't even look at you. David is David being an engineer. He's he keeps fine tuning the doodad, and he's happy. You know, we skip forward a little bit. They're under the bleachers mid school day, and David's happy to to reveal to them that they can now go back. They can go back up to three months. Wonderful, and so they're off to a fun time festival. Which is which? Oh, that's a teenage thing to do with a time travel device, isn't it? Let's just go back and relive that that awesome day we had. She wants to see. Is it Biggie and Tupac? She wants to see. Just to yeah. settle for Imagine Dragons, yeah. which is a calm down. Yeah. I love that she wants to see Biggie and Tubac, and then later they're talking about, oh, who should we see? And she's like, nah, I mean, we've got to prioritise Vampire Weekend. Yeah, I'd put them in the same category yeah, as Biggie yeah. and Tupac, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> this is the moment. Okay, so we're at the festival. Yeah, The festival is kind of like a showpiece for the film. A lot more happens at the festival than I think you th- you assume when you just see the fun time mm. montage. It's a, think, part, oh, yeah. it's a big part of the, the film, big, actually. Big part of the movie. And I imagine it must have been a lot of fun for them in real life, because there's... It, looks yeah. like an actual festival that they're at and there's genuine bands there playing genuine music yeah, and they're I, genuinely I looked it on stage. up because I was like I wonder if I wonder if they put and I couldn't find a lot on it to be honest I think I think it's something that they've created for this thing and they because the, I think it's a real festival do you L- think Lollapalooza I, have, I think is a real festival there are some shots is that is it Lollapalooza oh is it Lollapalooza yeah. oh yeah Lollapalooza's oh, real yeah, yeah, yeah of course but it is I think yeah, yeah. I, I wrote down I that genuinely, I think this is the director's first film, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Adam. first, yeah? first, first film. major film. Yeah. All I know, Dean is right for is that he directed the 2017 Power Rangers film, the live action yeah. one. That's that's the only uh, I, I I noticed the name. So uh, uh, so this is his first film, and for these actors, this is either for a lot of these young actors, this is their I say young. What's his face? Is 26, but you know what I mean. Like uh, uh, their the Quinn looks about 17, yeah, 18, he, 20, maybe. He's 43. You know? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> not really what I mean, young actors, young uh, in terms of experience crew, to be filming live in a, in a real festival, knowing that you're going to get limited takes, knowing that there's going to be people there outside of your control, things happening outside of your control, and that you need to get shots of dialogue that need to be listenable and workable in mm. your film. And you can't just, in a week's time or two weeks' time, be like, oh, shit, the editing isn't working. Can we film? Can we get Lollapalooza to happen again? We need to go back and shoot. I'm impressed by it. Mm. It's something that we haven't seen a lot in any of these movies. It's, it is, genuinely, for the making of a movie, it's the little nugget of ambition. That I also loved the idea of, in this is in film, they bought passes that were then out of date and would never that, be useful that's again. That's so cool. Genius yeah, yeah, yeah. idea. Right? Really, yeah. really Backstage good idea. Backstage passes that, when in their time, were just being sold on eBay for super cheap, but like obviously still count on the day. It's yeah, really cool. Fantastic yeah, idea. yeah, great. Now, that being said, the issue I had with Quinn here, where I think he, he islands himself a little bit, and it's just a little bit of dialogue that I picked up on, and I just thought, how does that work? They are now in the past. And he is holding his phone and he says, oh, we don't need to bother deciding where to go, what bands to see. Uh, look, it's all here on Instagram. So the Instagram he's holding is showing the posts they made after having been to the festival. I could only think of two things here. Yeah. One I... was that as soon as he arrived, he thought, I'm putting my phone on airplane mode so that it does not update. And then I can go back and scroll through. Maybe he's a super genius like that. Yeah, possibly. The other thing I could think of is, we know he's a pervert. 
I don't know if we established this earlier, but he is like taking. Oh. He it takes photos of people's legs. You He's wait like, till I tell you the alternate ending. Oh my god! Oh, okay. <laughs> he gets arrested. <laughs> well, several dark. times though, we've seen him do stuff that's just not quite up on the. You know, it's not quite kosher, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I could understand that he maybe has taken screenshots on his phone of people's posts on Instagram to be like. Oh, she's looking good in that screenshot. And oh, therefore cool. has the inflation. Yeah. yeah, I'm willing to believe it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are in fun time montage. You know what the film wants you to be focusing yes. on. Fun time montage. Don't look at the gorilla in the background. Just watch the fun part. Yeah. Exactly. And so during the, the, the fun time montage, Adam and Christina's relationship is blossoming in the background. Dave and Jesse's, on the other hand, endures uh, quite an awkward missed kiss moment up against a, a festival Berlin wall. Right, stop. Right. Festival <laughs> Berlin Wall is a great pull, by the no, way. No, more importantly, here is the difference between American festivals and English festivals, right? That's the piss wall yeah. in the UK. Oh, yeah, that is yeah. the wall at the front of the stage. If you stood next to that and tried to woo somebody, you're sinking in piss. Yeah, and, and the things they've written on the wall, there is no way people in the UK no. would have written those nice things. It would be Donny sucks dick rather yeah. than anything else, all right? Yeah. <laughs> but. But that is what it would say. And I just, I couldn't, I, I like slipped here and I was like, yeah, America is very different in terms of its nice outdoor warm festivals yeah. where I'm I'm two inches deep in mud and piss when I'm standing next to that wall at a festival in this country. 100%. The awkward kiss moment on the piss wall uh, doesn't go very <laughs> well. It doesn't go very well. Lots of stench. Uh, and they, they, they port themselves way back to their present, all the way back to, to uh, under the bleachers in 2014. And this is where the gang starts to notice some some changes. David and Christina's mum has a job. And bully Sarah, she's been really nice to Christina. So, like, it looks like everything's actually been improved. Everything's fantastic. But that awkward missed kiss moment for David and Jesse, it has strained things and it's fucking with David. He's a teenage boy after all. It's weighing on him. So he decides to break teen, time teen pinky promise one. No jumping alone. David alone heads back to the festival. And this time, he nails that first kiss. But films it also, by the way. There's, films there's it now, for us. <laughs> there's now two sets of film of this scene. So someone on the, one of the cameras has two sets of this film on it yeah. where you can see both of the pasts happening. Yeah. That's a very good point. I wasn't yeah. even thinking about. Like, this is how much I've, I've, uh, I allow for found footage is that I'll get to a point. You don't, I don't even need to think about why is this being filmed. But what I will say is, and please tell me if this is just a me thing or, or the film thing. Why is the first David who was there not there? Yeah, again, I've, he should be there. He should be bumping into himself here, but he's I, I mean, not. I mean, immediately, he should, be, he should be getting in the way of, of a kiss that doesn't happen. Yeah. He should have to, in the way that they distracted, we should have a scene with when Christina told Quinn, you, class doesn't happen today, fuck off, so that uh, present Quinn can go and ace the pop quiz. David needs to arrange for what is, what is now past David. He should be like in the crowd tying his shoelaces of his yeah. past self to try and get him to trip up, you know? He has to wait until that section's gone. Then when she walks off to go and get water because she's so awkward about it, that's the moment that he corrects yes. it. And it solves it. It's just missing a scene which would align with something that I don't necessarily agree with because we mentioned that the Quinn scene is a little bit wonky anyway. Yeah. But at least it would uh, they would match up. And I would say, okay, I don't agree with it, but you know what you want to go for. Whereas this scene and the Quinn scene don't match. This is So... If you don't show me past David in this moment, what am I led to believe? Am I led to believe that, oh, no, well, he's going back again. And so he's erasing the first time he went. Because that's what the, I think that's what the film wants yeah. you to think. But that's, that also, and I didn't really mention it at the time because I knew it would come up here. 
back in the scene with Quinn where he's doing the test again. Yeah. They go back four or five times, but they surely would be bumping into each into themselves again four or five times each time that they've gone back. There should be a queue of them at the door. Yeah, it's not like in other films where we say, well, you, you take over that person's existence in the timeline because we know that doesn't happen. So David should be there. And it should be at this exact same moment. It's, it should be there. It's, it it lo- should... loses its way a little bit there. I just, I, I really think it's like when they do the Quinn scene, they say, okay, we'll distract him and he's going to go and nail it and he'll get out. And that's that's the idea they want to run with, that there's two of you in the timeline. Once they get to this David scene, they've just said to themselves, no, no, this is a redo. He's redoing that moment. Yeah. So he wouldn't be there. He's he's going back again. He's erasing. And I it feels like those are two different logics that you've... And because they're at opposite ends of the film, you've never gone back and said, okay, if we're doing this now, we have to make sure that it's a precedent we've established, right? You know what Primer would have done in this situation? Poisoned his cereal. Yeah. Poisoned his yeah. cereal so that he never went back to the, Rats the, in the, the first time Rats and then the he attic. would have gone back twice. He would have just done it twice over. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I really wish the film didn't have this in because I think the other stuff we've highlighted, the Quinn scene and even the Instagram stuff is, is forgivable, but I, I wouldn't say this... This is forgivable. Yeah, no, I agree. It's Foxy. I would say completely. this is a, this, yeah. yeah, and and still in still on board with the film, still want to mm-hmm. see how things play out. But if anyone said to me like, "Oh, do you, are there any um, holes in Project Almanac?" This is the first. I go. There's one big one, and there's a couple minor ones. Yeah. As opposed to like five big ones, or or it doesn't really matter a lot of the time. I'd say no, no. This is like in Time Cop, for example. Yeah. The shuttle. He's in the shuttle, goes through the time hole, and then shuttle pops out. Is. Where's the shuttle? That for me, minor offense. If it was a driving test, it's a minor, not a major. <laughs> yeah, sure. You still pass, but you get a little slap on the wrist being like, well, don't do it yeah. in the future. Yeah, don't do that. Whereas this is a this is a major, unfortunately. I would fail I would fail you if if, yeah. if you were this driving. This is you run a time. pedestrian over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we also have You can't say that after we did a day. Oh, <laughs> shit. I didn't even think of that. Uh, and his dad did also die in a car accident. So I mean this is getting oh, rough. Yeah. Oh. Just like uh, time traveller's uh, wife, mum yeah. as well. Lots wow. of car crashes killing parents. Happens in time travel films. Um after we've, we've kind of just seen here the butterfly effect happen as well. So the first festival we had the butterfly effect means that his mother gets a job and things are basically generally better for everybody. But weirdly, this kiss is the only thing that he changes and the butterfly effect goes off. Ballistic, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plane crash level of butterfly effect, which is crazy. I've got a bit of a moral conundrum here, right? So... We know that because of a broken leg, apparently, the game doesn't win and therefore everyone's depressed and someone loses their job and someone's dad is really sad and therefore there's a plane oh, crash. Chris, yeah, yeah, Fi- yeah, firing, death, uh, yeah. sadness, <laughs> apocalypse, yeah, very, uh, pestilence, famine. <laughs> reminded me reminded me of Breaking Bad with uh, the scene... 100%! Yeah, the scene where he doesn't wake her up, so he's... Yeah, et cetera, yeah, yeah. Et yeah, yeah. But the moral thing here is, and I suppose the, the, the greater existential question, the other team would have originally lost. Did as many bad things happen to them from that loss as happened to this school now from this loss? Is it a transfer of bad times? Is it just there's overall more bad times? Last time when everything good happened, did that mean that a bunch of shit happened to someone else because someone else's mum didn't get the job or dad didn't get the job? Someone else's kid's dad was having a bad time because they lost the football because whatever. It's is it a karma pool? Yeah, is it a karma pool? Uh, is is David deliberately fucking with a karma pool here, or uh, what's happening? Why? It's interesting. As you were saying that, and I've I've never thought this at all up until this point. Is this a loose girl who leapt through time reference? 
because the girl who leapt through time, if she oh, changes it for right. selfish reasons, yeah. it goes badly. If she changes it for selfless reasons, selfless yeah. reasons, it goes well. And so I'm not saying that it's a a bona fide refer, reference as opposed to like a this we've taken mild inspiration from the fact that like when he did something for all of his friends took them all to a festival behaved like himself yes the the awkward moment with jesse existed but he was authentic it was true true. and christina and adam benefited quinn benefited everyone benefited from this lovely thing you did that you did just to improve time travel and their lives and it went great and look at the results your mum got a job and bitchy sarah's not being a bitch Mm. uh uh, is it a reference i don't know is it the same thing absolutely i think so yeah exactly yeah Yeah. i think it's all yeah i don't think they would say it's a reference as much as they would say oh but we did watch that film and we agreed that teenagers having morals uh sewed into their time travel is is kind of a good idea because this is i think project almanac is supposed to be a family movie i think it's supposed to while you wouldn't give it to young kids you would definitely hit up a 15 year old oh yeah definitely 100 percent. so i think that a morality play as such within the within the way the time travel pans out I'm on board with it because mm. we have good precedent from it from a stellar film like Girl mm. Who Leapt Through Time. It gives it gives a lot of flavour to a situation that could be quite vanilla, which is sort of weird, really, because I know time travel isn't vanilla. But by adding in the moral dilemma and the sort of calmer nature of it, it it gives that it gives the character of David more to kind of work with as the film continues. And it leads into this these kind of confusing scenes that are coming up whereby we don't know what's happening what's real what's happening to the future david gets more and more kind of flabbergasted by the world around him which is a is it the best way to get into the ending of the film i don't know but it does work so as you mentioned james david heads back to the present and there's a lot wrong with the present there's a lot right for him he and jesse are together full-blown love in a relationship everything's going nicely for him but as you mentioned uh been fired no job for the mom sarah the bully is now being bullied she's being bullied because the plane <laughs> of the plane crash her father was the pilot in the first place yeah. it's all going back another really sad uh, sad thing not sad but just uh, it reminded me of time cop at the end of time cop where he, he looks at his son and he's like Oh, great. So I raised you for the last four years? I don't remember any of that. <laughs> David doesn't remember losing his virginity. <laughs> he didn't lose his virginity. As he far did. as I'm concerned. Who he's did? Still a virgin. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I know, exactly. Yeah. And she had sex with some sort of mindless robot. <laughs> I know, exactly. She has sex with an, a David that will never exist again, like this yeah. island of consciousness. Those yeah. memories are deleted from his brain, but she remembers them, which yeah. are confusing at this point. Yeah. It all stems from the basketball team not winning their big match and the star player being injured buy a car on the same night of the party, the same night that the time teams invented time travel in the dildo cave. And so it has unfortunately come to this for David. He's a little bit of a tug of war for himself. It's between, well, I did lose my virginity uh, and I'm pretty happy with how things are with Jesse. But also a whole plane load of people have, have died. So, you know, mortality, virginity, mortality, virginity. Uh, and fortunately, <laughs> he does. <laughs> fortunately, David, he comes to he comes to the right conclusion. Yeah. He saves the star player and they say, oh, that, that'll fix everything right that'll fix everything that, right no right, it won't right? it'll put your best right? friend in a coma Scott. absolutely yeah, wrong no, mate i know adam's in a fucking coma <laughs> like comes out of nowhere we do, i don't even know if we find out how adam is in a coma but i think deliberately he gets, here, be, he gets beaten up by a load of 
basketball players basketball who are so happy their friends so are alive. <laughs> that guy looks unhappy. Beat him up. Yeah, I think they deliberately here start making it so they don't show you every scene yeah. deliberately because you don't need, you can't know everything because he doesn't know everything. It's not all been filmed. It just gets confusing deliberately so that the film can ramp up. Yeah, yeah totally. David now desperate, confused. He decides, I'm going to jump back again. But this time, Jesse stumbles into the nine foot radius and she ends up time traveling with him just before this moment when he's like frantic and he's nuts he draws on chalk on chalkboard time travel diagram yay or nay because he is drawing the lines of what has happened I where think... are things like it's a there's two diagrams one he gives up on but the one he finishes with if you screen grab right there that for me is a time travel diagram because he's like looking at time yeah it's a I... diagram of how time works in this film or at least how he thinks it works i think it's his perception of the time travel in the in the, in the universe so i think probably yeah i would agree with you i think it is a time travel in the bottom diagram. left it just says in a bubble cause and effect because yeah. some guy in the back was like oh you should write cause and effect on that before we start filming because yeah. like he'd obviously be that thinking about sense. that i mean you do get a little glimpse of one earlier as well when adam draws on the chalkboard same chalkboard earlier that david's now drawing on now the kind of concentric circles and that reminded me weirdly of the sound the of sound thunder. of thunder same here it's the ripple he mentions kind of ripple. time waves bigger ripples <laughs> yeah, getting yeah, yeah. worse as they go outside but yeah i think this is a time travel diagram though, it's, that it, you're discussing it scott definitely has the tm trademark after it as yeah. a time travel diagram even if it's not the most obvious or best one yeah totally oh yeah by no means one of the best but again I don't, well also it's not for us as audience members it's not an it's explainer yeah, yeah that's a good not point an it's not it's an explainer it's much more of a this you, is where we've got to it's, yeah well, i'm drawing this and it's not really for the characters it's for the audience to get their head around the time travel but this is specifically for david so we can work out how to fix it so post time travel diagram post jumping post jesse jumping into the bubble and going back with him david and jesse are in the past which unfortunately means that he has to come clean to jesse he has to explain why he's traveling alone they have a fight but you know they they reconcile because jesse does genuinely love david she explains that if she had time travel all she would have done was try and meet david sooner because Aww. it was such a nice sentiment i actually did like this and i don't normally pull up these sort of things in a film but my wife and i were friends for five years before we started dating and both of us then afterwards was discussing it and said, yeah, I mean, I, I did fancy you, you know, pretty much from the moment I met you. Well, that sucks because I fancied you from the moment I met you <laughs> yeah. too. Why the fuck didn't you ask me out? Well, hang on. Why didn't you ask me out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And time travel would fix that up it real nice. It would fix that yeah. perfectly. Yeah. But just as the, the love is being embraced and shared, past Jesse rocks up. The Jesse that was at that party, the Jesse that had her, her Prius hooked up, she rocks up into the alleyway they stood in. They lock eyes with David right in the middle. Both start flickering, both get stuck in a relay loop. I really like the relay loop device yeah, they yeah. use. Yeah, it's class. It's the, really the, good the audio is. sounds yeah, great yeah. at this point. There's flashing and, and glitching and blinking, which is all visual. But the syncing up of the voices I really liked. And before you know it, blink, they're both gone. They've I disappeared. I really liked that as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Cool. Although I had problems with the Quinn scene earlier, I, if this had been a standalone scene of just he accidentally deletes his girlfriend and that is the consequence of time travel, I'd have really liked that. And it is a very... I can't think of an exact moment in Doctor Who, but it's very similar to the kind of vibes you get from Doctor Who of why you don't mess with time travel. Mm. There's, a, there's at one point in one of the seasons, there's a, like a crack in the wall that deletes people, essentially. I felt very big moments there of, this is on the list of why you don't time travel. Meeting yourself deletes yourself. Yeah. Like proper classic time travel trip. Yeah. And I honestly, I think it's 
more effective visually. I think this moment is very effective within the within the scene. It's very effective for for me, the audience, like what they're trying to get over. I think it. I I appreciate it more visually, sonically, and and like within the fiction. More than Time Cop, I think it's more effective than what yeah. Time Cop does with the senators colliding and the red go- the yeah, red gun. It's gunk. not turning into a massive red g- globule of something, is it? But I think it's I more think devastating. It's more impressive. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think worse. it is too. Way worse. The Way Jesse's worse. flickering and disappearing yeah. is much more. Oh my God, they're gone. Rather than oh no, I know what happened to these two. <laughs> I know what happened to the. Yeah, you see the no, red no gun. Yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. Just Gone. Oh yeah. my god! Oh shit! Yeah, an erasure from time sounds way more cataclysmic than the, the bob- bubble on the floor. You could imagine there's a way you could go back far enough to before that happened to fix it. Yeah, the you fact can't that do they're that just here. gone makes you feel like imagine they if you always be gone. Imagine if it's a backdating erasure and they're just gone, gone. Well, wild. It's, it's crazy as well because not only has he has he accidentally taken present Jesse out. But he's taken out past Jesse as well. There's no coming back from that. Nothing, right? And so he he panic jumps back to the present. He does learn that Adam is fine now, sure. But Jesse instead has been missing for days. She's been missing since the night of the party when she lent her Prius to David. And so, of course, the police are searching for David. They want to talk to this boy. They can't seem to find him. So they're searching pretty rigorously. And our boy Davies finally realised, I need to go back. And destroy it all. The police at this point wouldn't would just know him as being a boy that loosely knows her. They weren't dating because it was before that had ever happened. This is just a this is some random bloke who she was nearby and now she's been missing. Yeah. We heard they were in an alleyway and then she disappeared. They were shouting he and looked, she's gone. He looks like he's on crack too. <laughs> I mean, look look at the state of him. That man is a criminal. Yeah, yeah. they him. know he has a dildo seller. Okay, they <laughs> that know is that true. They, they search his house. They go downstairs and go. Look at all these dildos. What the fuck sex dungeon is this? Why have all these dildos magnetized? What have you been doing? <laughs> Why do they all point due north? <laughs> now it's it's very tense for David. The police are chasing him. He is also out of hydrogen, so he's back off to the school, and he's bleeding. He's battered, but he does just amount to narrowly just uh, 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 he's just able to narrowly evade capture. Jumps himself back to his seventh birthday party do we ever establish how he extends the range that far well at one point he is tinkering with the backpack to make it more powerful but But i don't think they ever go into how he actually does it because three weeks to three months okay we see him working and we see him revealing yeah that's six times more powerful but three months back to how many years would this be 10 this is 10 years this is a 10 year jump yeah so that's then Already, to make it three years, it would have had to be 10 times or 12 times more powerful. Mm. To then make it be three times more. So this is 40 times more powerful than it was from when he last made it, which was six times more powerful. So this is 240 times more powerful than when he first built it. Just uses a PS5. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And we spend the whole movie, David and us, the audience, knowing it's possible because we see him at the birthday party. So we're not worried that you've done it, but maybe just a line of dialogue to explain, like, why did you do it? Did you jam more hydrogen in this time? Who knows? Maybe he trips over and, I don't know, a bunch of hydrogen starts filling the room around him and we get a weirder scene and he goes... I don't know how that happened, but anything. Any I think it's time. a. I think it's a. You need an engineering scene, a, fi- a scene of him touching the box, fiddling with the box, just after he draws the time travel diagram. Yeah. He draws the diagram, says, "This is how I do it." In order to do it, I go back to the seventh yeah, birthday but... party. Oh, of course I do. I saw myself there. But how am I going to achieve it? Tinker, tinker, tinker. Go. Yeah. He also says just before he jumps, he films himself and he says, "My name's David Raskin. I built a time machine." 
What about Adam? Adam did so no, much. Fuck those guys. Fuck Quinn. <laughs> oh, he gave it. He, he didn't do. Genuinely didn't do much. Gave his three sixty and some motivation. Yeah. But Adam was but right there. The three sixty was one of his only two earthly possessions. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> and I mean, he also doesn't give credit to his dad. I built my dad's time machine that DARPA <laughs> funded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah DARPA. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Dar- just show this. I told you to he's a nepo baby. He's not going to acknowledge where he got the funding from. Yeah. He just, he just, all he has to say is show this video to DARPA and they'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> he walks into the house during his seventh birthday party. He looks like an STI riddled cult grunt. And David <laughs> confronts his dad in the dildo cellar. Fortunately, his father. <laughs> Sorry, David confronts <laughs> his dad, dad in, in the, the dildo, dildo cellar. cellar. Wow. Fortunately, his dad has stashed the goods for now and is fully dressed. He also. <laughs> <laughs> no. He also. No. He also <laughs> He also, Fuck. he also, more fortunately, recognizes his son immediately, pretty much immediately. Who are you? Get out of my house! But then, within like four seconds, David. Uh, totally different to I'll follow you down. Different to I'll follow you down. A little bit different to Time Traveler's wife as well. When he meets his mother on the bus, and she's she's nice to him in a way you wouldn't be nice to someone unless you yeah. like them. But she doesn't say, "Are you my Are you my old son?" Shit. Uh, so he recognizes him. Very fortunate for the situation. And he also, in turn, realizes the success of his of his prototype, at least. Which we know his dad dies in a car accident, right? Are we sure that his dad didn't die because he saw his son and was like, I like so distracted and distraught by the whole thing that he ends up doing something wrong? And yeah, does he, does he cause his own dad's death? His dad dying in the car accident genuinely doesn't feel like how it's supposed to happen in this film no. it feels like his dad is supposed to die because darpa kills him yeah yeah like, something like that that would track so much yeah. because david in this moment he can't say to his dad by the way dad can you just not get in the car and leave my birthday party david is he wants to reinstate the the original yeah. timeline he's got to let his dad go and die he's in the car got crash. to let his dad yeah, go yeah, and so there's hugging and there's feeling and there's emotion right there but like his dad is just like i've got to go for something as feeble as a car crash yeah i think i think he causes his dad's death I can't think of another way around it because his dad, when you think about the scene where he leaves, he kind of awkwardly just says that there's something he has to go and do. But if mm. we now know with the context of, because in, in the recording, that's the recording that you can see David in the background. If we know the reason he left the party is because he's just seen his adult son and is like, I've got to go tell DARPA about this. I've got to go tell them that this has worked and it's happened. Exactly. And, and to leave my basement alone so my son can find it in the future. Yeah, and as he's shooting off, he either makes a mistake and has a car accident or DARPA go, well, we'll have to tell the FBI. And the FBI say, oh, the scientist who tragically dies in a car accident in two minutes. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even if the dad just leaves the basement and he says to his son, I've just got to nip out for a second. I've got a friend. He's starting a band. They're called Imagine Dragons. I think they're going <laughs> to... I think they're, they're gonna, gonna be, be <clears throat> I think they're gonna be shit. They're gonna be huge. So but I'm just gonna go and give him some encouragement. Yeah. Off David's dad goes. We see David placing some stuff in a bin and setting it alight. I didn't understand one hundred percent what it was. I know it's the time machine, but I didn't know whether it's the dad's time, the prototype in from two thousand and seven. Yes. Or it whether, is. I, think, yeah. I think it's yeah. supposed to be yeah. yes. Yeah. Great. That's what I thought, but I was like Forgot maybe bit, he's I, chucking the one on his back as well, because he doesn't travel back. He flicker and the whole shebang yeah right yeah, yeah. I, well and i don't think he takes the backpack off because i think if i think he figures to himself well if i destroy the one in the past then it'll just go fair enough it's i mean either way either way from terminator is not true no it's not true at all but i mean like yeah he, he's just he's just grabbing the stuff that his dad's made his like little yeah. possessions still all in the bin set the it bin. on fire the david again correct me if i'm wrong david flickers out of existence as opposed to 
traveling back yeah. to 2014. It's the same. It's the same event. Like, sorry, it's, it's the same way that Jesse flickers out of existence, isn't it? They're kind of like tying yeah. them all in together, which I, I, I and I suppose makes loose sense. But based on what we then see as the ending of the film, makes no sense because he's definitely just going to build the time machine again, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Also, if you're going to dispose of your dildos, please don't do so in a fire because batteries can explode. We, we mellow down a little bit. We cut, now David's glitch from existence. So we cut back to the attic from earlier in the film. We're all the way back in the film. David has just received his bad news about the scholarship and he's fumbling around the attic with Christine and looking for any of his old, any of his father's, you know, old projects that he could possibly use to get him a scholarship. Christina finds the video camera and this time, contrary to the I'm going to burn it all and erase everything, Christina finds that camera and on it are the entire events of the movie that we've watched. And so we skip ahead now back to school, back to dinner, back to the lunch hall rather, and we can assume safely, as the film wants us to, that Christina and the whole gang, they've watched the whole movie. They've seen the movie that we've watched. They know about the full events. They're now super, super, super wise to goings on. And the end of the movie is just David walking over to Jesse to give back the bag that was swapped. But more importantly, he's doing exactly what Jesse wanted him to do. He's introducing himself to Jesse so that they can fall in love at least just that little bit earlier. And he also tells her, we're about to change the world. End film. Now, I know there are alternate endings because you've mentioned it, but I've never seen or heard of them before. I'm almost guaranteeing that this ending is my least favourite before I even <laughs> hear about any of the alternatives. Let's hear the other ones and then, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll rank the endings. Adam is shaking his head. Do you want to go with alternate yeah, opening first? Yeah, let's do alternate opening first because I think it clears up what would have been a lot of my problems with the film. So we start, oh, okay. just to, again, just to refresh, we start with they're all uh, messing around with the drone to try and help yeah. him get into Mitty. Yeah, so it's early morning in David's house. He's fast asleep in bed. He's covered up with a quilt typical teenager adam and quinn are setting up an elaborate prank on him okay they've got two canisters of what look like compressed like diving bottles diving it like air so compressed air they're kind of they're running a tube all the way into his room and running it up inside the quilt underneath him christina kind of comes around the corner and she says what are you guys doing it's really early what are you doing and they say just wait this will be really funny and then at this point a small, what I would like to describe as a bomb disposal robot with a camera attached to it comes into view, right? Okay, yeah. They send that into the room. Instead of the drone. Instead of the drone to film what's going to happen. Then they open the bottles of compressed air and from underneath the quilt where David is, a blow-up sex doll in inflates. <laughs> Attached okay. to him with, with I presume, cable ties or some sort of duct tape. He falls out of the bed. It looks like he's having sex with the sex doll. Everybody laughs. It's hilarious. So my, my, my thing with it was, if they have a little robot with a camera on it, well, that explains away all of the unnecessary having to use a video camera. Because they've always got the robot. Because they've always got the robot. And it's very clearly used for that purpose. And I guess that's what the MIT thing is for, and then immediately this this sequence ends with him getting the letter from MIT. Okay. Right, okay. That so, so sense. yeah, so the, it begs... And then it the, rolls straight on from there. You're making the assumption, which is the right one to make, I would assume, that in that version of the movie, the little robot is filming, not Christina. Which yes. actually, I would... I mean, that sounds good. It sounds a little bit like there was a weird TV show uh, in the, I want to say, late 90s, where there was a kid who had spy cameras all around his parents' house. Um... I don't remember that at all. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and find out the name of it in a second. But I remember th watching that and thinking, this is a weird show. But the premise of, imagine if you were a kid who was just really into tech, and so you filmed everything 
just because you were a bit of a geek would make great sense for this film. Mm. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, I was very on board with Christina filming everything because I feel like there were so many teenagers when we were young who would, who just loved filming videos of yeah. just friends hanging out. I When I was like 18, I had hours of content of just me and my friends doing the stupidest stuff and in so many minutes of so many hours of that footage nothing's really happening but it's just that when you're young and especially you get the new technology you're happy to have the new technology you want to be sharing the things that you think are like so amazingly special let alone something potentially the, the creation of time travel or even just finding some weird shit in your dad's basement so I'm very on board with Christina filming more than you, she logically would for a, for like an adult sure. let's say Alternate endings, Adam. Okay. Much so, more interesting. There's only one. There's only one alternate ending. And it's very similar to the actual ending. Apart from... Jesse's one, blonde. <laughs> one weird, very odd thing. So, you know, earlier on, I said to you, there's something a little bit creepy about Quinn. Oh, he's a pervert. Oh, sure. yeah, 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 sure. yeah. So what happens is uh, they're all sat around the table uh, exactly as the, the ending of the, the actual film ends. Um, and... David's got Jesse's bag and they realize it's Jesse's bag. They open the bag. And I think if you remember in the, in the actual version, uh, there's like a bottle of perfume in it. And they say something about, Oh, it smells like her perfume. They spray David with her. That's a bit weird. Anyway, (laughs) in this one, it's a bra. And Quinn spends a heck of a lot of time sniffing that bra. What yeah. the hell? I don't like it, but I also and, believe it. And like, at that point, Quinn. Jesse comes over to them rather than David taking the bag back. And Quinn's just got his whole head in her bra, oh, just like, no, yeah. yeah, it's it's not okay. Yeah, we had the better ending. But you know what? I take it back. Yeah, we had the better yeah, ending. yeah, yeah. And then the rest of it's exactly the same. They have that same moment. The, the rest of them leave and just leaving David and Jesse. And it's the same. Interestingly, thing. with Quinn, um, the character's name is Quinn Goldberg. And the actor was on the sitcom The Goldbergs for nine years. Oh. Um, uh, that's the first time I saw him. I, when, I, when I turned on Project Almanac, he was the only actor I knew. Exactly right. the same. Yeah, really? I, I didn't cool. know any other actors. I knew him because when you said earlier sam, it was sam like, learner yeah sam yeah, learner yeah does this by the way qualify as a bad boyfriend's love time travel film that's a good question i did think about it uh the uh, the thing that stopped me is is that he loves time travel prior to being he loves and and the loving bad boyfriends loving time travel the long form sentences bad boyfriends love fucking with shit involved we love fucking with time travel yeah. to the neg to the detriment of their relationship but he does sort of do that which he does but he also doesn't have a relationship without the time travel. And he does, that's the thing. He yeah. does. He is a bad, he's a just a bad guy trying to be the boyfriend. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, loaded, it feels it? like a bit of a technicality. I'd mm. say that for the most part, yes. It dances around it. Yeah. Bad guy I'm seeing loves time travel. Uh, so I yeah. won't let him become boyfriend. But let's, sure. let's not get into technicalities. Budget for this film, $12 million. Uh, Looks like it, feels like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Worldwide gross, 33.2 million. So it did quite well, to be honest. Making money. I bet in the sort of like averages that we've worked out across all the movies, I think that's a pretty big jump, to be honest. That's a pretty big difference. That's true, yeah. I know quite, not quite a few people who've seen this, but I at least know a couple people that when I've mentioned we were doing this one, they're like, oh, I've, I've heard of that. A lot of them there is prickle mm. because they they haven't heard of a lot of the films we cover, yeah. but like uh, uh, yeah oh yeah I've heard of that. The name does stick out. Project Almanac. I I really like the name of the film. Uh, I as well, I said I really like the fact that it sticks out. I think Almanac is a great Back to the Future reference that you'll yeah. only know if you really remember Back to oh, the yeah. Future. They haven't called it as you said Project Delorean or Project Doc Brown and Marty. It's Project <laughs> <laughs> Project Almanac, and yeah. I think I think Project is Project is. When you said like Project Runway, 
Project Project Gotham yeah. Racing. Uh, Project Project you know, X was one the of the Adam films that Project. came out. Project yeah, X, the Adam yeah. Project. Yeah, well, exactly. And I think so. Like Project is a loaded word, and it, it's very early two thousands. It it tells me what kind of movie it's going to be by just. It's like if the film was called like Code Name, like mm. Code Name Kids Next Door, Code Name X, Code Name. Yeah. If this film was called like Code Name Backpack or Code Name Almanac or Code Name anything, I would still be on board with it. But I yeah. I do really like Project Backpack. Uh, Project Almanac. Project Backpack. Project Backpack sounds like yeah. someone's just gone to a fucking got a bag shop and is just really into it. But no, I yeah, I Almanac, great reference, great word as well. And just the, the other thing that I found was there was a couple of alternate titles for this. So it was also uh, very early on in the process referred to as Welcome to Yesterday. Mm, I, I don't, don't like, like that. that. It's like sac- that it's saccharin. It's mm. um, what's that I'm film? Not accurate. No, yeah. What's the film, the Beatles one that came out with the dude who went back in time and said, I wrote all the Beatles songs. Yesterday. Is that just yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that title nah, either because no. it's, it's too on the nose. The, the other one, it was it was just known as Almanac as well for a while. Which I, I fuck with, but I, I think project is a juicy Pro- word. No, project's really nice. Right. How did we feel about this as a time travel film? Uh, references up the wazoo. Lots of references to time travel films that we know about, but also lots of tropes, lots of ground covered that we have seen before. And some of it done in new ways, some of it done in the ways we already know. Yeah, I don't think they, we didn't mention like the, the number pi is one of the key codes at one point. Yeah, like, it's got yeah. a lot of our classic references in. We see a clock very early on. People are late. I'm running out of time. Like yeah. lots of the of the staples. I think this is a bread and butter time travel film. I think it's I think it's straight down the line. You can't call it anything else. I think I think it's it's quite well realized. All of the kind of like I know there are plot points and goofs that we aren't really happy with and there are holes in a couple of places, but it's hitting so many tick boxes that we look for in time travel films so there are the like there are the references to all the other time travel films in it which are obviously a separate thing but there are so many points where i thought to myself this is great time travel time tra- uh, you're not wrong time travel rules time travel side effects yeah. time travel machine time travel diagram uh, uh electromagnetism people vanishing as a result of seeing themselves it's it's you know it's paradoxes it's, that it's can throwbacks. undo reality yeah it? you're causing garage engineering the the, yeah. the 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 scar the time cop scar moment like all of this government funding secret projects secret basements yes in one hour 46 minutes yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's they, a lot. they cram a lot in to be yeah. honest so yeah i think that might be a function of the fact that it's a found footage film because there's no there's no lead-up scenes because every the only reason they'd be filming something is because something's about to happen so you don't have any of the kind of guff in between it's just all action 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 mm. action which is cool. which really works for a time travel film mm. to be honest that's one of the good things about it i know at the beginning i said i hate found footage films but i think it works in this film and i i, I completely agree with you and i i commend you for sitting through a full fan footage from because there's nothing wrong with not liking the the the, the framing the yeah, style yeah, 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 exactly yeah. and these we're talking about now we're talking about the time travel in the film which is the is content not the way the content is portrayed yeah, delivered, and yeah. so I'm I'm fully on board with mm. saying I don't like the 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 vehicle but I do like the things in the vehicle quite a lot so so yeah. more credit to you for that sure so I think uh, we talked before about how we like a film that tries to do stuff. And this film definitely is, is constantly trying to do stuff. Mm. It doesn't nail all of it, but it does really throw quite a lot at the wall for you. There's only a few issues that I really have with the film, but they are unfortunately all to do with the rules they've set up for their own time travel mm. that they then quite quickly break. 
Um, and so the while I like the film, I like the style of the film, I do think it is a proper, like you say, a bread and butter time travel yeah, film. Yeah. This is on the list of, this is a film that is a time travel film. It's not a time travel drama. It's not a time travel thriller. It's a time travel film. It's not even a sci-fi film. It's a time travel film. Very much. Um, the, the most you could do is it's a teen time travel yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. You but can't then you've got too many teens more, yeah. going on there. Um, but I do think that it has just a few little faults in there, a few little niggly problems that I had with the film that take a, just take a little bit away from me. Take the, oh, definitely take the edge off. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, I mean, you know, b- bread and butter is a great way to, to frame it. We said at the beginning, I fucking hate onions. I think this film is one of those, like, deep-fried blooming onions, right? I like everything oh. that that onion is covered in. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it, but at its core, it's still a massive onion. I don't <laughs> want to eat it, and the onion is the found footage. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It it does a lot. There is a lot in a blooming onion. I think a blooming onion is supposed to be like four thousand calories. Yeah, it's a layers, lot. It's layers just, as well. Yeah, layers have, yeah, layers. it's and it's, it's also concentric circular layers as well. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like Adam's diagram. My fucking diagram. I'm loving it more and more. Yeah, so I think that's that's what it is for me in this one. I don't I don't like it at its core but I like everything it's covered in. <laughs> Which is, again, because I love onions, so I love it at its core. Sure. And even if you took out the toppings, I'd just be like, man, you've given me an onion. Thanks, bro. <laughs> I also like it because I love Blooming Onion. Having had Blooming Onion before, mm. I think it's brilliant. I love it. I love the fact that you get like the dipping sauces to have with it. The but device also... they use to make them is really interesting. Oh. I'm all for it. But I also think that a Blooming Onion is far too much the calories it, it just does yeah. not justify the amount of calories you have yeah. to consume to enjoy a blooming <laughs> onion so i love this analogy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm very on board with that cool. i the way i feel about this film is sort of a bit of both of, of you and a bit of everything i've said yeah. i i i love the found i enjoyed the found footage of it because it energizes me it is silly it is stupid it's stupid in a lot of the films i mentioned in the introduction it's silly in cloverfield it's silly in chronicle at times but i am energized and the films that use it are not lofty big oscar-winning dramas they're regularly films that need a layer of energizing otherwise i'd be sat there being like this is just teen shit chronicle would have just been oh it's just teens getting powers Mm. adding that level of energy so so the, the found footage did it for me but as a time travel film Tropes, as I said, tons of tropes. And I think almost every trope is handled quite well. I think the diagram in this... I've seen better. I've seen worse. I think the uh, uh, side effects to time travel and the rules about that you should do. I've seen better. I've seen much worse mm-hmm. as well. And I think that ultimately, if you take out that little bit with David and why is there not a past David here at the festival when he goes back and rewrites the the kissing scene, and maybe if you have a little look at some of the Quinn moments, the Instagram and the and the thing, it strengthens it. But I think it would strengthen it in a way that the movie's not interested in mm. strengthening. Otherwise, they'd have hired better actors and better, just everything, put yeah. more money into it. Twelve mi- you get you get what you pay for, and twelve million dollars has given you a movie that I would say is 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 a very enjoyable time travel film that knows what it wants to do, executes maybe seven out of ten, uh, yeah. a six and a half out of ten, something like that. But I enjoyed the garage science. I enjoyed the callbacks. I enjoyed being with the time teens. Uh, they're all good actors. There's no bad acting. There's yeah, no bad CGI. There's no, and there's nothing in this film where I, I, I down tools and went, fuck this. This doesn't make mm. sense. Or like, oh, you've really shitted here. There's nothing where I would say none of these people should, you know, I hope they all work again and I hope they all keep making. So I, I very much enjoyed it. Bread and butter, blooming onion, uh, 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 
great analogies and great ways of framing a film that I I'm I'm very happy with. Um, comfort film, comfort time travel film for mm. me, honestly. Um, and something that when we covered it years ago, I I enjoyed, and I'm glad to have brought it back because I think that it has a real solid place in time travel film club. It has a place in in the season specifically as as a pit stop, almost as a moment of like you're going to see some new stuff, some weird stuff, some 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 bad stuff, and some this stuff. But this is a moment where you can breathe and just enjoy a ditty. You'd watch this on a plane or in a hotel you'd oh, have yeah. a great time and uh and and yeah time travel wise right there for me okay so with that answered where would you put operation backpack in the list of time travel films i feel like we mentioned time cop um a fair amount in this mm-hmm. um so when i think about this against time cop um yes time cop ha- did a lot of stuff that was like really big at the time and or like uh, uh added more to time travel films and what they can do and some of the tropes and some of the ways of looking at things time travel did a lot at the time and i i, I don't think we should ever forget that time tra- time cop even though it's many many years ago now what was it 27 28 mm. years from now was at the time having to deal with the fact that back to the future trilogy had just finished and yeah. had done a lot and said a lot terminator was out and had done a lot and said a lot and they still managed to do a fair amount and say a fair amount faults included not that project almanac is not faulted either um but i would say for for the for the for the journey you took and for the the various ups and downs over the course of it, I probably, as a time travel film, if someone came to me and said, I want to watch a time travel film, I would put it above Time Cop. And I would I would tell them, I'd be like, if you care about time travel and you want to watch a, some sci-fi time travel and see some people trying this thing out or doing this thing, then Project Almanac is time travel first, teen romance second and third. Yeah, absolutely. Time Cop is action and and crime first and uh, uh time travel second mm. very close second but second mm. so project woman i could probably go above time cop um as far as a day i i'd maybe put it und- i'd maybe put it underneath a day because i think that a day is is there's there's less there but there's also no plot holes there's no mm-hmm. david at the festival moments um and i think that yes there's no science in a day but the magic is on point. Yeah. Um, Funny, because the only film I could compare it to in my head when we were talking about it the whole way through was Time Cop mm. because of the kind of style of how it works. And the whole time I kept thinking, is this better than Time Cop? Is this worse than Time Cop? And in some scenes I'd go, well, this is it doing This is doing better than Time Cop. And then in other scenes I'd go, this is, this is worse than Time Cop. At least Time Cop was fun around this scene. But then the more I thought about the time travel aspects, I thought, well, actually, I have less problems with the time travel in this and they do more with the time travel in this than mm. time cop does they take some of the ideas but do a bit more with it and so i probably would put this above time cop and i was also then wondering what i'd do about a day because we discussed we weren't sure where a day and time cop would go mm. and i think you're right scott i think this actually answers the question i don't think this is as good as a day but i do think it's better than time cop i think a day's time travel is better executed all the way through it Whereas, yeah, consistently, consistently, whereas this is a bit wobbly sometimes. Yeah. Not always. Most of the time it's good. But like you said, it's probably a six and a half, seven in terms of its execution of time travel. So I think you're bang on. I think it is a better time travel film 
than Time Cop, but not as well executed in terms of its time travel as a day. Real kick in the face to JCVD there. I know, hard to take, genuinely. Um, you know, you've been beaten up by Operation Backpack, a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of kids. Um, but, you know, those kids had... 30 odd years to, yeah. to improve on what you did um, yeah. and I, I think that there are some I think Project Almanac and Time Cop we're right I don't know if we've we've nailed on exactly what it is but I think mm. we're right to be linking those two in some way shape yeah. or form yeah. um, it's interesting I enjoyed this movie more than I enjoyed Time Machine I enjoyed this movie uh, uh, and yet Time Machine as a time travel film is, is still uh, yeah. far and wide above it mm. but yeah I think Project Almanac is a really nice middle ground for, for where a time travel film should be how much it should attempt what it should uh, uh and and you know also what it should look out for uh, uh for pitfalls i feel like if it if it hadn't have had those few goofs and that plot hole i think it would have been much higher on the list i, I think it might have knocked the time machine off there's only in a few terms things, of yeah a few things yeah. it needed to do and it would have yeah. definitely been the best yeah it's so not far off tighten a top a couple of bolts maybe hire one or two better actors yeah or maybe do a little bit like uh uh, uh don't make it lollapalooza just redo and that thing and you could re project almanac could be like top three high yeah. up there as pull it back a little bit yeah and yeah. You're, you're there you're the overcomplication of things makes it so easy for things to go wrong it's like you watch a day and you think to yourself well this is it can't be any more complicated than it is because that's its own thing and like yeah i just i just think it would probably rate higher if it was a little bit simpler we're all really much in agreement for this film yeah, yeah I think we are. good i'm glad so in agreement we are uh the list is in in top spot time machine in second place a day in third place project almanac in fourth time cop and in fifth place mega time squad uh i'm i'm actually very happy with that project almanac being in the middle feels right I didn't think it would I did I didn't think it was going to get there to be honest I thought that we might come in and say well you know it's it's not as good as time cop but it might have just tipped mega time squad slightly but no I I think we're because we're all in agreement that feels like is where where it should be yeah and that brings us to the end uh, of another wonderful chat guys uh, I'm really glad you enjoyed project Dominic I'm really glad we got to re rebring it into the film club it's a, it's a film we all knew about as we said didn't make season one Really glad to bring it in season two. And I think I hope any listener who hasn't seen it checks it out, enjoys it, gets some of the same uh, wholesome, goodnessy, uh, deep fried onion vibes that you can get from it. Um, I look wildly, insanely forward to the next one because the next one is an Adam suggestion. And last time around, Adam brought us Time Cop. So what could go wrong, James? Oh, what could go wrong trying to find this film, Adam? And that brings to a close another episode of the Time Travel Film Club. Thank you, as always, dear listener, for tuning in. If you'd like to share TTFC with your jobless mother or absentee father, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening via Apple or Spotify, we'd be wildly grateful if you could leave us a rating and review. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Please email timetravelfilmclub at gmail.com with opinions, questions, recommendations, and anything in between. The next episode of the Time Travel Film Club is, yes, you're right, Scott, my choice. It's not 1989's Mark Hamill slipstream. It's not the one with Anthony Hopkins either that came a bit later on. It is 2005 slipstream, and oh my, you are in for a treat. At time of recording, you can rent this on Prime Video or on YouTube, which is where I watched it. Until then, love from the past. See you in the future. <laughs>